as Walter makes a run ahead of it. Burkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Burkamp! That's magnificent! The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello, and welcome to Burkamp Wonderland. We are an Arsenal podcast, and we are the podcast that never has, nor never will, ever endorse the use of onions. My name is Chris, I am your host, and tonight... I am joined by arguably the best two looking members of ABW. I say arguably because Danny's sort of, you know, that kind of mid table sort of spot where it's like, you know, you're kind of teetering on Europe, but you equally might go down. He's kind of like the villa of this podcast. <laughs> Danny, how are you, sir? You well? I am double locketing it at the moment. Um, it's just got the, the arse end of the of the COVIDings, which is just like a constant cold that comes and goes. Um, yeah, I feel very good. My shoulder's fucked, but I went to uh, Cambridge yesterday. I had my blood test to get my miracle cure that will make my body go, oi, those proteins you, you make from food, we're going to make them work rather than just pooping them out or whatever happens. I don't know. So hopefully in a month's time, uh, I'll be running. I'll come down. You'll run down yours. I'll come down and see all you lot because fuck knows you lot never come and see me. I mean, it's only been eight years, Chris. I mean, you've been busy. Well, don't come anywhere near cats. me while you've got all of that crap in your system. Thank you very much. I mean, you know. Uh, and for the record, we, we did say twice that you could have come to a game that we were going to and you, you didn't. So, yeah. Just, Unfortunately, just it's a long way to wheel. But uh, mm. I, I agree with you about onions. And if Kelly's watching, I hate onions. And mm. it's, it's, it's horrible. Dirty, slimy, stinky. But I've still not got a sense of taste or smell. Uh, and it's been a month now and it's great. Well, at least you don't have to smell onions. Uh, John, how are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm very good. Um, I believe the kids would say that Danny is mid. Apparently, mm. I, I learned that that means bad. I was, I yeah. didn't understand. But not bad how me and you and Danny would say it, because bad was cool. So yeah. I changed it all, all again. Yeah, it's very confusing. <laughs> but apparently, if it, you know, something's a bit mid, it's not very good. It's, it's I, I still, at the grand old age of 39 closer to 40 uh i still don't understand what ratio means in the context of oh, the way yeah what does yeah, that mean no. do, do you know I, I don't to me it was like a mathematical Heard of it. when someone gets ratioed on twitter yeah, yeah. but what does that no what idea. does that mean i, no. I don't know i think maybe, maybe somebody ask, like josh or ellis like oh, one josh of the to probably start oh, no jo- yeah. josh 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 wouldn't know he's far too intelligent he wouldn't get down he wouldn't go with the unwashed and ellis i <laughs> I don't think he can read, can he? I don't think. But, um, is Josh at the game tonight? Because Brighton are at home and he's not here. Oh, I might and he didn't have a note from his mum, so he, he hasn't got an official yeah. excuse. He might be up front for Brighton. They're struggling for goals at the moment. But um, if anybody does know what to be ratioed means, and uh, you know, if you're in the chat, then feel free to enlighten us, dear listener. Anyway, while you do that, we'll probably talk a bit of Arsenal now. A little disclaimer at the start of this podcast. It's not been a stellar week in terms of the results have been fine. Don't panic if you've been, you know, living under a rock. Everything's fine. It's all good. We're all happy. Two wins out of two, no problem. However, the content um, has been 
quite mixed. So as we launch into this podcast, I will start by saying great win in Den- Denmark. Was Denmark, wasn't it? Christ. Norway? Norway. 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 They're all the same. Same thing. Um, but uh, <laughs> hello to us. Get you've just, yeah, I was going to say, you've just <laughs> insulted two nations at once there. <laughs> But they all, everyone does think that England, Republic of Ireland, Northern Ireland, Scotland, and Wales are all basically the same thing, and win. Yeah, we're we're all you know we're all the same. But uh, but anyway, um, we won in Norway. It was lovely. Bukayo Saka scored with his face. We move on. All right, that's literally all we're going to say because genuinely, I can't think of anything else to say about that game. It was on a plastic pitch, and that was it. So great. So we're probably going to talk more about the Leeds game and um, just sort of go through a few bits and bobs about that. So, John, I'll start with you. How hard did you laugh when Patrick Bamford put that penalty wide and just how big is he? Because I can't stand that bloke. I want to start with the negatives and move into the positives. Um, I'll be nice in case there is anyone from a Leeds fan watching. Uh, I actually thought Bamford was really good for them because he honestly provided a threat i know they were good don't get me wrong they were good throughout all the whole game um but yeah when when he stood up to take the penalty i was like i'm kind of glad it's him because although he was playing very well from when he came on he did have a real impact on the game i was like this bloke has not scored for ages he's like coming back from injury out of form i was like oh. i was really pleased it wasn't like sinistera or harrison or anyone like that stepping up to take it because i thought if it was one of those i was like this is definitely going in and honestly at first i actually thought that uh, ramsdale had saved it because mm. i was unfortunately watching on a dodgy stream because why would the team that's top of the league be on tv, yeah, on, TV on a that's... sunday pointless on a sunday of all no days it's not watch. even a 3 p.m blackout on a saturday um, yeah, so the stream was a bit wonky. So at first I thought Ramsdale had saved it. But to be fair, if Bamford had actually got it bang in the corner, I think Ramsdale was getting to it anyway. He, he, I mm. don't know whether he psyched him out or whatever. Um, yeah. bit, of, bit of sense of relief. But yeah, it wasn't the easiest watching game. But I think considering the travel we'd done before and the Liverpool game before that, I kind of got why we put that performance in. It didn't. It wasn't overly surprising, and like Leeds away is not an easy place to go and play uh, by any means. I know where they are on the table. You would think, oh, well, you just blow them away. But that whole thing of like being easy games in the Premier League, I, I kind of think that's a little bit outdated. Occasionally, you'll get a team like you know Derby or someone come up who you know get like three points all season or whatever. But for the most part, most of the games in the Premier League are pretty tough these days. And generally every team has one or two like decent players who can pull something out. Um, you know, varying levels. So you only have to be a little bit off your game to really struggle. But yeah, Leeds made it a real match and it wasn't pretty viewing. And it was just the whole game was just weird circumstances from start, well, full start to 30-minute break or whatever it was to restart to, yeah, the, what was it, 10 minutes on injury time or something ridiculous? Yeah, something silly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely touch on the injury time. Um, mm. But, yeah, I mean, overall, I think, like you said, it, it's kind of one of those places that, I must admit, I looked at it after the midweek game, European, you know, any travel is sapping, especially the plastic pitch, etc. <clears throat> I think it's come out uh, in the press recently that, I think I've said the sort of main objective in, in Norway was to win and avoid injuries. They were the two yeah. sort of key points, and we, luckily we did. But, um, yeah, Leeds is, is that sort of place, horrible place, horrible fans, horrible football, 
<laughs> just 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 generally horrid really nobody really likes them i don't even i'm not even sure leeds likes leeds but um i've alienated scandinavia so i might as well alienate yorkshire while we're at yeah. it but the Welsh you're right to go you'll have a full house oh we'll we'll get to them but um but yeah just sticking with you for a minute john in terms of the 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 team and, and you know how we sort of set about this game any major surprises for you i mean obviously tommy asu kept his place for example but and Jesus was fit, although he, he looked a little bit like a player who wasn't quite at it. I don't know if there's any resem- or residue of that concussion or alleged concussion, yeah. but it was it was a sort of unchanged lineup, and you know it wasn't a massive surprise, was it? No, no, no real surprise in the lineup. Um, I think the fact that Tierney obviously played the Thursday game, you thought the way that Tommy Essie would played in the Liverpool game, he was likely to start because. I, I had no idea about Zinchenko, basically. I've got no idea when he's coming back. I assume he's just a mascot for the rest of the season now. So <laughs> I don't know when he's going to be available again. Um, Jesus, yeah, was a little bit surprised. I thought Enketia might have started, but the rest of the team was as expected. When they said Jesus was starting, I was like, well, you know, I know he didn't train after the Liverpool game straight away. And I guess that was just a precaution or whatever. They'd done all the concussion checks and everything. Um I do think in terms of his... I know people said he looked a little bit off. I mean, he still had some really bright moments where he sort of like took it past two or three players and quick feet and everything you've seen this season. I think more than anything, he probably suffered because we didn't really have the ball when we can keep it. Um, so he was a lot less involved because he was a lot deeper in this game than I've, I've seen him for us in, in any. So... Um, and he couldn't really initiate the press because the way Leeds were playing it out or like sort of dinking it long and stuff um, and trying to hit into the spaces behind our fullbacks, there wasn't really a chance to activate the press properly. So that I feel like that was why he was sidelined. But is that our best starting eleven? Possibly. Um, mm. I don't know. I, I think there's still, for me, what I'm interested to see and I think it's a nice problem to have just in general is that obviously you've got Tommy Essie can play as a centre-back. You've got Ben White can still play as a centre-back. Tommy Essie could then go to right-back and you've still got Tierney and Jinchenko on his back. But I would be interested to see what Saliba and Tommy Yasu as a pairing would be like together. And that's not to downplay Gabriel Magaish. I think he's been really good this season and I know some people have had some problems with him. But in this game as well, he was like ridiculous amount of blocks and everything else. But I think still there's more combinations in our back four that we haven't seen that would be interesting to see. And depending on opponents, I do get the feeling from what Arteta's done so far that we might see a few more changes depending on what the sort of forward line of the opposition is. And he thinks, you know, a certain player is a good fit against the way that Tommy actually sort of dominated Salah in the Liverpool game and got him subbed off. You know, there might be a game where Tierney is the perfect pick for left back or Ben White, actually, we need to move you into centre-half and Tommy Asu at right-back. So, mm. yeah, there's a few more changes, but it does kind of feel like this is the settled eleven now that you're going to see probably most weeks in the Premier League if everyone's sort of fit and ready to go. Yeah, I've got a feeling when you look at um, the fact that uh, Tierney can play centre-half as well, of course, as you've yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot, yeah. of, lot of wiggle room there. Um, yeah. And, of course, we've got Cedric. Um, kind, yeah, so, kind of forgotten man, but so if we're playing <laughs> Europa, yeah. yeah. But, I was surprised yeah, he playing, didn't play nowhere. I thought I thought he would have yeah. played that game. Maybe they were too scared because of the pitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Repeating well, I've his said injury. This on a 
said it on every show, Bodo <coughs> were 14 games unbeaten at home in Europe. The record is 15 from Barcelona. I mean, most mm. of that is the Champions League, and most of theirs was the Europa sorry, League. Sorry, but, sorry. What was that club again? Bodo. What? No, no, no. That Spanish club, were they? Barcantelona. <laughs> I thought they were... Oh, sorry, I thought they were finished. I apologise. Carry on. Not long. Not long to go now. Uh, they're just going to wait to... Um, they're going to sell their kidneys to get that pensioner back from PSG next season. And then they will be completely done. Yeah, but uh, that was a really hard game because, like you were saying about the pitch for Bodo, that is. Uh, I was trying to explain that to my mum was here watching it, and I was, I was explaining to her what a plastic pitch was. She didn't, she didn't get it. She didn't care. She didn't understand. But it's uh, yeah, you can't take that. I mean, the two hardest games for us, or three, we've had three tough games. Can be Bodo away, PSV home and away. Astro no at I home. Think of. I mean, I that's just... two. No, it's just that AstroTurf is just what I always think. And then in reality, it's it's the furthest thing from AstroTurf. It's actually like synthetic grass, isn't it? The, the stuff me and John played with, played on as teenagers, you put in a sliding tackle and you'd lose half your leg because you yeah, just yeah. tear your skin off. <laughs> like it, there was I, proper I, I distinctly remember um, when we started a Sunday league team up again when we were all sort of in our late 20s, early 30s, uh, me and a group of my friends, and we hadn't played football for a few years. So we did um, we did about two months training on AstroTurf, and then we had to went to go and play on a grass pitch, and none of us could kick a football. <laughs> like, yeah, that rings what, about. What's grass? This is Do bizarre. You, the ball rolls differently. I don't understand it. <laughs> so it's like, worst, kind of the reverse of the Arsenal-Bodo game. One of the worst things to ever do, uh, which we tried to do uh, with the Pirates back in the day, five, six years ago now, I think it's our first or second season, and we hired out of school, and because we paid for it, we wanted to get our money's worth. And they, they had an AstroTurf pitch, and it wasn't it wasn't actually sand-based. It was a fairly good synthetic grass. Yeah. But we tried to train on it when it was frozen. That, that wasn't, oh, yeah, we've that wasn't that was, wise. Yeah, no, that, yeah. that really wasn't wise. No. Many, many an ACL was done that night. But the anyway, it's got partly artificial turf, hasn't it? Yeah, but it's around the trace of the pitch, isn't it? Like, isn't Leicester it? got that. Blue, I thought it was yeah. in the middle of the, the whole of the pitch. No. No, I thought it was like twenty five percent fake. No, I, th- I think I think it, I think there are elements in the grass, like the stuff they use to keep it mm. fresh, but it's not actual sort of. Yeah, it's not actual. Some sort of wizardry. Yeah, some sort of wizardry. Danny, speaking mm. of wizardry, uh, yes. let's talk about a couple of players on the day. Uh, we have to start with the match winner of both games. Actually, our star boy who looked rather dapper in his. Uh, Tucks for the Ballon d'Or last night, won by a Frenchman. Just throw that in there. Uh, but yeah, really good goal, particularly obviously the, the one in, in Europe was slightly fortuitous, but the one against Leeds, don't think anyone really expected him to shoot. Bit of fortune in how the ball ended up, mainly because Rodri is dog shit, but or Rodrigo, I should say. But um, really good finish from a tight angle. And a few people have made this comparison, and, and I'm going to throw it out there as well because I was at this game, Wembley. 19 i want to say 1997 gabriel batistuta for fiorentina one of the one of the serie's finest john cutting in from the right hand side and just smashing it over seaman at about 470 miles an hour um that's what this goal reminded me of just the acute angle it's the sort of goal that ibrahimovic scored quite a few of in his day as well it's just that that raw power and with his wrong foot but he he is he's kicking into gear at just the right time, isn't he? In terms of his starts of the season was I don't think he was ever bad, but he he's finding the goals now, and for me he's making himself undroppable for not just Arsenal but for England as well. Not that I care, but cracking goal and quality performance from him, him again. 
Yeah, we were uh, the people who don't understand football. You know, the, these morons who have, who only play FIFA and have no idea about football. The beginning of the season, they're going drop Saka. He's rubbish. He's done. He's twenty one years old. Just get. He's not. He's not scoring. He's not really getting assists. He's doing nothing. Not understanding that that football is a game of, of evolution uh, as a player, as tactics. And some days you'll be down the left with Martinelli. Some days it'll be down the right with Saka. Just happened the start of the season was mostly down the left-hand side. But then you've got to think about the opposition. If people are putting two men on Saka, it gives everybody else more room. So, of course, Martinelli's going to be mainly attacking down the right, our left-hand side of Martinelli. And then it may be when you're coming up against whoever is the fullback, then you're going to go, well, they've got a world-class international full right um, left-back who's going to be covering Saka. So then there's no point of us attacking down there the whole time. And you can combine all those things together. And it's just a matter of time until Saka would start doing the magic. And, and Martinelli's gone a little bit quiet. Still fantastic. And any Premier League team would love to have either one of those two. If you take out Liverpool, and, and even Liverpool, like you take out Man City, every single Premier League side would kill to have either Martinelli or Saka in their side. They would build a club around how good they are. And we've got both of them, and they're both barely out of nappies. I mean, I've, I've never seen someone look so small in a suit since that time you were up before the beat, Chris, um, in one of your purple uh, 1960s curtain material suits that you've, you've no doubt got. I like the term ensembles. Ensemble, yes. yes. Mm. Um, I heard that you were the man, that, that bloke who does changing rooms, uh, double bowser. Bowen. That's it. You're, that's that's your hero. That's who you uh, you say a few, a few hail marys to him every night before bed, hoping that you have a good fashion day the next day. <laughs> you, you you should see the um you should see the, the new jacket I've got. It, it's it's a belter. It's uh it's 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 French. It's the the France national uh, women's Euros jacket, and it oh it's it's wonderful. I, I put a picture on my Instagram actually. I'm wearing it today. It's very very fetching. It's blue and white. Mm, it is. Yes, I did see it. Terrible. Mm. Thank you. <clears throat> um, so if, if, if my miracle cure works, I will be getting outrageous suits like you and Conor McGregor wear. I think they are wonderful. Splendid business. Um, John, let's talk about another member of the, the side. You, you've touched on him already, and um, I think it's only fair we, we give him his dues. I, I saw a, a lot of some respectful sort of constructive criticism and then some morons i mean it's twitter <laughs> what are you gonna do but i referred to gabrielle magalash and i think i think i said even last week and i'll echo the same thing again for, for me he's he's a he's a very good and very sort of aggressive front foot defender and he compliments saliba really really well and those two so far this season have been brilliant and i don't i don't understand this obsession that some arsenal fans have of well if it works we must blow it up and do something different because it does work the the downside to gabriel's game is i think he is still 24 let's remember i think he's 24 but you sort of mentioned there some of the stats i don't have them to hand because i'm not a nerd but his blocks his interceptions his passing out from the back i think he made four tackles i think it was three or four blocks he is a presence, isn't he? And, and I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say he's perfect. He's, he's still got plenty to do. But he was brilliant on the day. And I feel like he's slowly becoming a bit of a leader in that defensive line. And if he can iron out the kinks, 
you know, a few little bits and bobs there. He, him and Saliba could be the partnership in defence for many years to come with the rotation of White, Tomiyasu, A and other. What do you make of his performance and what do you make of the the criticism that people have? Is it just that people are upset that Tony Adams isn't still in our defence? Uh, I mean, that's definitely one. It depends, you know, basically, depending on how old the person is that's moaning, it's it's like Tony Adams, Koscielny, uh, someone might mention Sanya. Um, some people even mention Thomas of Marlon. Uh, <laughs> you know, but no, I, I think if you look at his stats for the game, I think it was like four blocks in the game, uh, four block shots. Um, he had a really good one on Sinister, I remember in particular. Um, interceptions. I think he won all his duels. Um, I think he won like 80% of his headers. Passing stats were, you know, ridiculously high again. <clears throat> the issue that I think people are seeing is that he does have that, and it is what he's got that part of his game that is one of the things that makes him such a good defender is that sort of aggression. And that, like, not wanting to lose regardless sort of mentality of what it takes to win. But sometimes that can boil over into causing problems. The, the obvious one referring to in this game was the incident with Bamford right at the end where uh, Bamford fouls him. But in initial, like, in, in normal time, when I saw it, I thought Bamford's running to him. I didn't actually think it was a foul, but it's just like running at full speed. And then to me, it looked like, oh, I was like, is Gabriel kicked out or has he just put his feet up to try and protect himself? I'm not really sure, but Bamford's gone down, so I've got no idea. And then obviously, you know, they give a penalty and, and the red card and then it all goes to VAR and all gets overturned. Um, like you said, he is 24, which for a midfielder, we wouldn't say is particularly young, but for a centre-back, it's different in terms of experience and stuff. And it is a completely different role in terms of the way that you will get wound up by strikers and little things said at you and, you know, arguments and that kind of thing. And obviously you are constantly in physical contact battling, you know. Um, so it is something he does need to learn. The The incident itself, I don't think it was a red card, but I don't also don't understand how it was a yellow card. That was really weird. I was like, if it's a card, it's either a red or it's not. It's, it's, it's one or the other. But he's obviously done something wrong. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, unless, he, he, unless, he's, unless he booked him for arguing with the, with, him, with the referee or something, then all right, fair enough. Um, <clears throat> the one thing I would say is that I, I agree that he's definitely become a leader in the, in the back four, but he does need to temper those sort of actions. Like, I, I don't mind him kicking out in that case because it all got overturned and it was all fine. Obviously, if the ref had looked at it and said, Look, you know what? Um, it was a foul on you, so I'm not giving the penalty, but you still did kick out him. It's a red card. Then I would obviously be very annoyed. I just think there's like moments like that where you just have to make the decision of, even if you're not going to make contact or anything like that, just don't put yourself in a situation where you're giving the referee an opportunity to make a decision. It's the kind of criticism that um, Xhaka got uh, sort of, you know, a lot of the time where uh, he would often find himself in a position where it's like, Granite, did you really need to do that action, whether it's a tackle or the way you spoke to someone or pushing someone or whatever? Don't give the referee the opportunity. My only worry for Gabriel, and I'm not saying, like, I mean, for one, I think the whole Xhaka thing and all the years he's been at Arsenal have been way overblown. If people actually look at the stats and how many red cards he's got, it's not what everyone thinks. Um, but 
if Gabriel continues in this way, then there's the possibility he then gets a reputation with referees and we saw what he did to Xhaka and I don't want it to happen to him because he's a really, really good centre-back. Like, very, like very Demsek good. has put there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, exactly, yeah. Like, yeah, he's he will... And it won't just be referees that target him. It will be opposition players. You imagine the the you know the next game against Spurs. Con- if Conte's still manager, <laughs> uh, but you know Kane, Son, all those players, they're going to look at Gabriel and, and if he you know has this sort of way of playing and it continues for the rest of the season, and he doesn't come down a bit, then they're going to go right. Target Gabriel. We know we can get in his ear. We can wind him up a bit. We can aggravate him. We can maybe get a reaction. That sort of thing. But the difference I see now from this team, especially this season, compared to uh, not just previous seasons under Arteta, but under Emery and the end end of sort of Wenger, is that the rest of the players do really take responsibility for what's going on on the pitch. Like you would not expect to see Granit Xhaka run over to try and gab, you know, take Gabriel and calm him down. He would more likely you would see Granit Xhaka running over and picking up Bamford by his shirt and screaming in his face, you know, that kind of thing. But they've all taken a very different, you know, if, if someone, it's like on the documentary, you know, if someone makes a mistake, don't berate them or anything else. Go and help them and get them out of the situation. And they just need your help for that day because everyone makes mistakes. And that's fine. That's, that's just life and football in general. And the players and the coaches and everyone seem to be doing that. I just hope for his sake he doesn't get that reputation. So I'm sure that, you know, Arteta is looking at it and I'm sure that... Um, the oh, I can't remember the name of the guy. The young is he Spanish coach? Carlos Cuesta. Yeah, he's sort of like the mental development hmm. or whatever, like checks in on players and stuff. I'm sure it's something that someone like him will be talking about. Um, hmm. with Gabriel, yeah, the just the mentality things of just saying, you know, these things happen in the game, just take yourself out of the situation just for five hmm. seconds, just calm down, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I. I hope that happens because I think he's a really, really good player. And Arsblog said it like perfectly, really summed it up well. You don't go this many games into a season, win this many games, sit top of the table with a centre back who's a liability because you can't no. do it. It, no. it doesn't. It doesn't matter what league you're in or what opposition you've played or whatever. You can't play that many games and win that many games and mm. have a centre back starting every single one of those games who's a liability. It just just doesn't happen. So. No, I've got no real worries about him. Um, like I said earlier, I think Tommy Asu would be uh, with Saliba could be an amazing partnership as well. I, I just think it's great that we've got Saliba, Gabriel White, and Tommy Asu. We've got four really, really good centre backs. I know we haven't seen Tommy Asu actually play centre back for us, but he's a very good one. He does it for Japan. Um, mm. And in Bob Holding, because um, we actually did activate the Bob Holding <laughs> protocol in this game for the first time this season, <laughs> I think fun. we've got. Yeah, we've got a really, we've got another excellent player who can just come on in games, shore things up. I think mm. he's much better coming off from the bench because he gets that sort of rush of, right, I'm here to rescue the game and put my body in front of everything. And he just G's everyone up. Um, mm. So, yeah, I'm really happy with the defence this season. I know some people have been concerned because we conceded like some goals at home and stuff. But uh, I just think that's a, just because of the way we play. And we when we've played at home this season, we've tried to be as attacking as possible, which is always going to leave gaps. But yeah. I've got no worries about Gabriel. Uh, I think he'll be in the Brazil team for the World Cup. I don't think there's a problem with that either. He'll probably be playing. 
Um, I think he's superb. If he'd got yellow carded on like 75 minutes or like 60 minutes, I might have been a bit more nervous because <laughs> then <laughs> yeah. there's like, there's more trouble, not more time for him to get into trouble then. I think if that had happened, then I, I'm pretty sure Arteta would have taken action. So Saliba get books like on around 60 minutes and Arteta didn't even, you didn't see him flinch or think about taking him off because you know he's a different mentality and he's the, he's the calm glass of water mm. compared to, you know, Gabriel's boiling hot, uh, tornado yeah I don't, I don't know <laughs> yeah. what other drink analogy to give it no yeah. I he, he's, he's like one of those drinks that you, that you buy in a posh uh, hipster bar where everyone has a twirly moustache and they like light it on fire and put a thing over the yeah, 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 yeah yeah it's one of those yeah um, I, I go I go in those bars and go uh, still water please <laughs> yeah I, I just walk past those bars and go <laughs> wanker <laughs> to um Danny said about pairings, Chris, because you're not yes. answering many questions. Historically, mm. you you need a bastard and you need mm. someone who's skillful. Adams was wasn't really a bastard, but he was he was uh, mainly the, the the visionary, and Keown mm. was the bastard. Uh, Adams was and Bold, marker, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, Adams and Bold. Ad, the Bold was the one who went there with the elbows. Uh, you'd have Toure and Campbell. I think Campbell was the thinker and Toure was the one who possibly went in there with the elbows. But then you had problems when you had Koscielny and Purr. Neither of them mm. got bad bone in them. So you didn't have a bastard. You, and then we had uh, times when you'd have Socrates and Mustafi when they're both shit. They're neither, they're neither neither of bastard. them had a brain. So, yeah, yeah you know, there you go. So, I mean, Chris, looking at our looking back in, in recent history of maybe the last decade or so, centre-back partnerships, where would you rank the, the Saliba-Gabriel one? I think I think it's genuinely too early. I know that I know that's a cop out answer, but I genuinely think it's too early because the, the thing is with especially like John said there, like the the youth in this partnership, twenty one and twenty four, like, <clears throat> you know that that's that that for and let's not forget. We'll come on to him in a minute. Let's not forget they've got a young goalkeeper behind them as well. You know, goalkeepers mm. mature at what sort of twenty nine to thirty two. He's back on form. Yeah, he, he is. We, we will touch on him in a sec, but. Yeah, that, that partnership, the fullbacks are not exactly ancient either. It, it is a young team. That partnership in front of them, of, of Xhaka and Party, is proving really important. And on a day where Party wasn't at his best against Leeds by any stretch, uh, and Xhaka probably didn't reach the high standards he has recently, but they still positionally were in exactly the right places. Although they weren't brilliant going forward, they protect that defence. And I think it's sometimes you don't need to be the best footballers, but you need to have a partnership. And it would be interesting to see what happens, not in a good way, potentially. Although, like John was saying, Tommy Asuka can come in. I kind of, I think the reason Arteta is sticking to this partnership is because they clearly, they clearly um, get on, they clearly communicate well, and they've built a partnership. And if you look at look at what's happened to Man United, for example, when they lost Rafa Varane, albeit I think he's on the sort of way down in his career now at this stage. You took him out of that back four and any partnership they had, whether it was Eric Bailly before he left, Lindelof. I think they played McTominay back there at some point. God knows what they did that for. But you you take out one key element of that centre-back partnership and it all goes to shit. Thiago Silva, you know, he's he's about 63 now. But you take him out of that Chelsea Chelsea defensive line, Koulibaly sort of all of a sudden looks a bit wobbly with him by, him, by his side in a three or a two and they look secure. Even Man City, you know, without Ruben Diaz, yeah, Nathan Ake is a good footballer, but they don't look quite as secure as when they've got, say, Laporte and Ruben Diaz. So we, you know, we and Liverpool. Look at Van Dijk. You know, if a player's off form and that partnership doesn't work, 
or that partnership is broken up, that's where you go off the rails. So I think what we've got right now is a partnership that works. Gabriel is he he is <laughs> he is your stereotypical South American centre back. You know, he reminds me a little bit of Otamendi back in the day. Do you remember him? You know, mm. he didn't have a huge amount of pace. But if there was a yeah, played for Man <laughs> yeah. City and, and it was in uh. Serie A for a while, I think. Um, you know, he he's a proper old fashioned rugged centre half, nowhere near as, as good as Gabriel. Well, I say nowhere near, he, he was an international, but over the period of time I think I think Gabriel will be better. But he is your your archetypal classic sort of South American centre-back who will come through people. Gary Medell's another one who who leaps to mind at Inter. But that's how he plays. And, you know, you go back to when we were younger, take the the fire out of Ian Wright. Take the fire out of Thierry Henry. They're half the player, you know. Henry was was one of the most stroppy, you know, wind-up merchants on the pitch you'd ever see. Righty, look at that feud he had with Schmeichel all those years. It's just that nowadays in the world we live in, in the modern media, we pick up on every little thing. Everything is reported. Everything's on a podcast like this. Everything's on a, on a, a TV show, papers, etc., websites, and everything's picked up. But what they don't pick up on every week is like those stats that Arsenal sort of treat, trotted out where for 90, well, for 91 and a half minutes, he was, he was pretty flawless. And yeah, I, I, if I was Arteta, I would be having a word with him because as much of a shit house as Patrick Bamford is, um, and you know, Godspeed, Patrick. You know, when you get the bullet that was lodged in the side of your head, out, out. The, you know, best of luck on your recovery, you fucking weapon. Um, th- that's cheating at the end of the day. But another referee on another day will look at that slightly outstretched leg, just as a famous referee did at Old Trafford once upon a time from a former Arsenal captain, now a Crystal Palace manager, and we'll look at that and say there is a movement of the leg. And I know why Gabriel's doing it, because if somebody barged into me like Bamford did, I would kick out, go, what the fuck are you doing, mate? The ball's clearly going through to Ramsdale. He's trying to engineer contact like a certain Spurs striker does every week. You know, on this occasion, he didn't get it, and thank God. But I wouldn't take that edge out of Gabriel's game. I wouldn't take the fact that he tries to win the ball. And I wouldn't take the fact that him and Saliba have got this this good partnership together, personally. That's just me. Someone, someone said in the chat, I agree with that, and that uh, we're lucky we have had no red cards this season. But, but... Oh, that'll, that'll come. If we stay top of the league, they, <clears> they have to find a way to stop us at some point. So it'll probably come from, from red cards. Uh, Josh is at the game. He sent me this, which he has made these things. My eyes, I don't know why. for the love of Christ. <laughs> Oh, and just any anyone watching, just in case you're unclear, that is a one-piece outfit. It is a yeah. romper suit he is wearing. Yeah, it is. He's, it is he's trying worrying. to pull off his best Chung Lee or Kitana from Mortal Kombat with that fan. What's and he that? also made us this as Inchenko Lovely. one. That's the and reaction one thing, to him seeing Josh's picture. That's our our current run of form. I've included the preseason games because they they count. Not a bad run, is it? No, it's not bad. It's not not half half bad, is it? You know, it, our best start to a season ever. It's better than uh, Tottenham's best ever start to the season, and they're still behind us, which I find hilarious. <laughs> Just to rub it in that little bit more. And this will only uh, get better because I'm sure we will beat PSV, and then we're going to beat um, beat Southampton, and then we're going to beat PSV in the other in the return leg, and then. Do you know? Do you know end? the stupid? Do you know the stupid bit about those list of fixtures? Though it just reminds us how frustrating it was to lose that Man United game because 
They just didn't deserve to win that game, did they? But what and do you the, think, the funniest like, thing is that was probably one of our best performances of the season. Yeah. Yeah, if you if go you back, if you went and watched all the games, yeah, yeah, yeah. If we <laughs> that like took we the did pressure it. off, though, hasn't it? Imagine if we were ten Premier League games, ten wins, three Europa League games, three wins. The pressure that would be on them, having that loss in the middle, probably took a lot of pressure off everyone. No more invincible. And uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I I don't know the way this team's playing, and you know, there's still time, of course, and it, we should again remind ourselves it's ten games, but was it eleven now? Is it ten? Ten or eleven? Ten. Eleven. Ten. Um, we, you know, we, we we don't look like that fragile Arsenal, do we? We really don't. Like, let, let's let's make no bones about it. We're, I'm still personally not talking about title challenges, and I probably won't do even if we're top in May. But, but if we don't get top four now, it's a massive failure. This this start to this season has been almost flawless. Like, we have to be, I think, locking up this top four into mid January at this point. Fourteen I mean, we have points to ahead of Liverpool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so I mean, and, and you look at some of those other big clubs that are down there. Villa down there um, had good season last year. West Ham had a good season last year fighting for Europe. They're 12th. Everton 14th. Leicester 19th. I mean, you know, there's there's some clubs that were, were pushing us all the way in, in, in stages last season. And now look at them. So, yeah, I mean, but as we said last week, we are going to have days that are not so good. And it's how we, um, how we come through those. I did want to... Just you mentioned another player there, Danny. I wanted to ask you about because you were, you are indeed old enough of a vintage to remember how good David Seaman was when he came in at Arsenal. Now, for my memory, I think when he signed for Arsenal, I don't remember. I don't think he was that old, was he? he was at QPR, and I want to say he was about twenty six. Maybe you the can past goals can say twenty six. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I don't think he was. You know, he wasn't goalkeeper peak age, and I I see the sort of comparisons between him and Ramsdale now, because they've got similar characters in the, you know, Dave was probably a little bit more of a laid back um, on the pitch, but their presence for me is good. The, the shithousery that, that Ramsdale put in the ear of, of um, Bamford before his penalty, I thought was key. And he just strikes me as a guy who, no matter how many 26. mistakes he might think, what a guess that was. <laughs> he strikes, he strikes me as a goalkeeper who, who just inspires his defence. And that's what Seaman gave you, um, as well as, you know, some outrageously good saves over the years. But what do you make of Ramsdale? And is, is that, I'm not directly comparing him to Seaman, but I feel like he's got the potential to get that sort of, get to that kind of level if he carries on the same the same route he's on now. I do like uh, one little thing that is, doesn't really affect his game is his interaction with the crowd. Seaman used to do yeah. that. And that, 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 that's always a nice thing. Uh, he's, he's loud. He's northern. He's, he seems like a funny bloke who likes a good time, which is all things. Yeah. I'd love it if he grew a moustache and a ponytail and dyed it black. That would, uh, that would, that would complete the, the illusion of it all. But they are very, very similar, very confident players. The only difference is very rarely did Seaman come running out of goal with the ball. But they're going back in those days. Goalkeepers didn't do that unless your name was Rennie Higuita. Um, <laughs> Or, or the one who played for Santos, the goalkeeper, who uh, is, I think he's manager there now, and he's got 100 goals in his career with penalties and free kicks. I think it was Santos. Oh, the Chilean. Uh, no, he's Brazilian. 
Oh, there's, there's been quite, there's been a few down there that have, that have done that goal scoring thing, but the way he dominates um, the area and and the way that he's uh, always shouting at the defenders and you want a a vocal goalkeeper behind you and that's why David Seaman is the best goalkeeper Arsenal have ever had. Um, historically, you would probably say that uh, Bob Wilson was maybe second or Layman is maybe second. Then after that, you've got a huge drop until you get our. Uh, without Ramsdale before when you get to the the, the uh, fourth place. So those three are probably the best ones. And um, Lukic was really good in his time, but he never played for England. Um, he was, uh, got relegated with with Leeds and then signed for Arsenal and then spent ages back with Leeds again after he left Arsenal. But it's just there is so many similarities between the two of them that the confidence it must give you as a defender, knowing he's going to be there, and his acrobatic saves. We all remember the one Seaman saved against Sheffield United, the impossible save, and his yeah. endless number of uh, great games for England, which Ramsdale will eventually become England number one. Certainly, Pickford has been in a little bit of form recently, which is uh, I suppose for England that's good, but none of us really care about England. But there are a lot of similarities between the two of them, and, and plus they're a fan's favourite. When was the last time we had a goalkeeper? Who, who people are going to go, oh, he's one of, he's one of my favourite players. Very rarely is a goalkeeper anyone's favourite players. I mean, it's always worrying anybody who buys a goalkeeper's top rather than a normal kid who goes around wearing those. Those people need to be on the list. <laughs> yes. This, is, not this really is when you tell me you've got, you've got, one of you's got all of the goalkeeper tops hidden under your bed or something. I can honestly say I've only ever... Did I? I'm just trying to think. Have I, I, have, yeah, I, I did, did have a, I had a Jens Lehmann top. I, I never went that. I did have the... Do you remember the Seaman era JVC with the stripes down the shoulder and it had, like, the pads stitched into oh, the... Oh, yeah, 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 Like, proper 1992 era. I think that's when it was. <laughs> I had that and it was always too small for me. But I don't think um, I ever bought another keeper top. Oh, I no, had... tell a lie. I, I had... Um, one of my claims to fame, that's not really the right terminology here, but one of my sort of fun things i sold it on ebay which i'm still to this day regret uh, portsmouth away and mm. manuel almunia gave me well i say gave me threw his keeper top into the crowd and i got that it was the o2 era the yellow mm. kit and i had manuel almunia's goalkeeping jersey and i ebayed it which is shameful how much did you I get uh, about 280 quid and this is what this is Invincibles era, so this is this uh, is going back a number of years. That's probably about eighteen grand now, but yeah, <laughs> sad times. Um, but yeah, I had I had a layman one, but it was part well partly one because I did love Jens because he was fucking nuts, but also yeah. because I, I, I mean, gentlemen in the chat and anyone listening, don't do this. This is highly inappropriate. But when I was younger, I might have gone to bars and done the layman thing, but pretended the lady I was speaking to was the referee and sort of opened my short, shorts to point and say, look, 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 look what this person has done to me. Because um, my mates thought it was very funny. But yeah, you, you shouldn't do that. It's, it's, it's do not that. appropriate. You, you um, get, it's a different get, era. You're allowed to do things like that then. You get taken away if you do that these yeah. days. Think I'm going to get me too'd now. Yeah, yeah. John, John Welsh cancelled live on air. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and I think like Nosa said in in the in the chat there, there is an element I think of of Jens about Ramsdale and just in his personality. And he he's just a very confident guy, isn't he? And I like I like the fact that that he is developing. And he did have a bit of a rough spell at the back end of last season, but he, yeah. he's come back stronger for it and and uh, and doing well, doing well. So. Good luck to him. 
Um, Great save way, with his nuts in the game as well. Oh yeah, that was yeah. The yeah. quote afterwards: "What was your favourite save? <laughs> Probably the one with my nuts. Love that." Yeah. <laughs> um, Paul Paul Neil's just put in the chat. By the way, he said Chris has a Hugo Lloris French top. Paul Hugo Lloris has a Chris top. That's how it works. Um, <laughs> it is indeed. Actually, shame, shamefully, um, you, you would despair if you could see uh, the selection of shirts I have up here. I'll just. I'm selling all of my shirts. Uh, George Sean's mum, George, brought me over the yellow um, O2 one. Ah, and it's worth about 250 quid. She never is it wore a tent? it. Oh, that is, is a, a, a large. Oh, okay. Well, well done you. I don't think yeah, that's going to well. the light of day. About, I know you were ill, about... Danny, but I didn't know you shifted that much. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Just, just for the listeners on the on the live stream, um, you lost you me. Go. Then I had no oh, idea what you were saying. That's uh, and I, I can confirm that the seventeen there has Gwen Doozy on it, just to make everyone sick. Ugh. And the the shirt next see. to it that was the shirt France won the World Cup in. You're welcome. Anyway, um, let's go back to Arsenal before everyone gets very upset and I get labelled a fraud again. That's my favourite thing, actually, that. We all know who the fraud is, Pep, don't we? Anyway, um, John, going back to the game, just one of the players I just wanted to kind of shine the shine the light on, if you will. Um, and, and this, I say, I don't... It's not a criticism because we know how important he's been and, and he has been very good. But I did mention Thomas Partey. Bit of an off day at the office, mm. if that's even a term. Is... I kind of touched on that partnership with him and and Shaka. Do you feel that we can manage that situation beyond January? And I asked that question in the light that uh, Douglas Luiz has signed a new contract with Villa. Yeah, Christ knows why, unless he knows Gerard's gone. Maybe that's why. But um, uh-huh. he's obviously staying. The links to Tielemans keep sort of cropping up, mm-hmm. but he's not really a Thomas Partey like player. And there's uh-huh. this lad in in Brazil, Paulipal. What's his name? Um, Danilo, is that, I think it's Danilo, who we, it's we're sort of linked yeah. with. But he doesn't strike me as a guy who would be immediately sort of Premier League ready, quote unquote. Yeah. Would you be comfortable knowing that a Partey is a little bit brittle, and also that you know he is going to have those periods of form that he played his way out of last season by his own admission, <clears> and that <throat> game against Leeds, it just it just sort of struck me a little bit that I just kind of winced a bit and thought in our probably our worst performance of the season. It was noticeable that a lot of the areas Leeds got at us started in the area of the pitch where they were picking up the ball by pressing him into errors and then releasing players down the wing. Is is that a concern to you that we may not address that with with the January side in that? I mean, I I think like there's no denying. Obviously, I don't think anyone was particularly good on the day. Probably barring the defence in Ramsdale, really. Um, so. Partey, it does concern me slightly. I mean, I'm more worried about whether he picks up an injury, obviously. Obviously, if he goes out, then you would bring in most likely Laconga and Jacker would maybe not get his forward quite as much and you would see the fullbacks maybe stick a little bit more traditional. And when he's been out of the team, they seem to have coped with it quite well. A different level of opposition, obviously, and in different players. Um, the one thing I would say in his defence is that because he wasn't the only one playing particularly well. Every time he got the ball, his options were pretty limited. And uh, the thing I like about him is that he's quite reluctant to go back to the centre-backs or a full-back unless he really has to. Um, He generally wants to turn and play it forwards. And 
a lot of the time in this game, he turned to play it forwards and there was just not a pass on or the movement hadn't been moved or, you know, um, as much as we don't, I don't particularly like Leeds and many other people don't. They played very, very well in this game. They were, let's be fair, really unlucky to not at least get a point, if not win the game, let's be perfectly honest. Um, and yeah, they they just outplayed us and... Um, you know, they obviously took advantage of us being very tired. That was clear. And a lot of travel when we had the Liverpool game the week before, which had clearly taken a lot out of us. So it is a little bit of a concern. I did, I, I kind of got the impression that we would probably be signing someone in January anyway, uh, especially with the World Cup and everything else. It's just a bizarre season. And I think because of what happened with El Nene, um, you know, they obviously tried to get Louise in. They couldn't do it before the end of the summer. I understand Villa not selling made perfect sense, you know, um, and Arsenal not wanting to budge on the price because his contract comes to an end. All, all perfectly fine. And if you can't get a player, there's no point, you know, just signing anyone. I think those days are well behind us and that's a good thing. So I do expect someone to come in. Um, it'll be interesting to see what type of midfielder, you know, centre midfielder we get, though. I know lots of people said we should have just gone and bought Tielemans when the Douglas Louise deal didn't happen. But Tielemans, for me, is someone who would come in if Xhaka wasn't available, not if Party wasn't available. Especially it, in this new role. Yeah it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's it's a very different role. So uh, I am I don't know who the targets are. I don't know anything about this Danilo guy. I don't I don't watch South American football except for like the Copper Liver stories when it's like the latter stages, and then I'm mm. basically just watching a couple of teams play football who I know very little about and I'm just going, oh, this is an enjoyable game of football to watch and I don't really know the players. Occasionally, you might remember a name, you know. Um, but by all accounts, he's quite good and he's highly touted to come to Europe. So it wouldn't surprise me with the way Edu sort of, you know, he's very connected, obviously, to that market. Whether he'd be someone who could come in straight away, I, I don't know. So, And I don't know who else they are looking at. Arsenal there, have been really good, you know, let's be honest, in keeping... Most of yeah. their moves quiet, except for the one, the ones that have been noisy, have basically been done deals, and it's just been a case a case of when it's going to be announced. Like Jesus and Jinchenko, everyone knew it was going to happen. It was just a case of when. You know, no one knew about Fabio Vieira. That was, you know, out of nowhere. Those sort of I'm things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if we heard absolutely nothing, and then all of a sudden it hit January, and it was the first or second week, and it's you know Arsenal were paying you know thirty, you know anywhere from ten to. 40 million for blah 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 centre midfielder because you don't know what condition part is going to come back in either do you well that's that's the other thing yeah you've got you know you've got a world cup and it won't for me it won't just be central midfielder and something that i think was highlighted on another podcast i was listening to yesterday there's an awful lot of injuries all of a sudden cropping up um Mm. you know not just english players but across the premier league across europe a lot of players are suddenly getting injuries and you're sort of thinking christ this world cup you know some i think we're going to be in a position where some of these players are going to go to the World Cup half fit. You look at like yeah. Rhys James, who's you know battling Carl Walker to get back. I have a feeling I mean, that James is definitely out for until past. Yeah, Christmas. it seems to be that That's way. That's a bad one. But there's but there's a you know <coughs> suspicion. I know Kante has been ruled out for France. There's a couple of others, but I suspect that some of the World Cup managers will just take a gamble and go. Do you know what? He's seventy five percent. Let's take him, and that will push them over the edge. In terms of their club, um, yeah, and I don't, yeah. I don't think Partey's one of those because he's going to be in the Ghana squad anyway. But it only takes him to get a knock while he's over there, and then it comes back, and he's, you know, not the same player. So I, I do share those concerns, and, and the people that are talking about Locatelli, uh, no, 
I mean, you know better than I do, John. Italians just don't settle in in England very often. Scamacca, maybe Zola. Obviously, Zola is the big outstanding. Yeah. Maybe Jorginho, but there's not many, is there? That really I would do? I would love to be able to get someone like Locatelli. I mean, to be fair, if anything, Locatelli is kind of... Xhaka is kind of doing what Locatelli does a little bit less of the defensive work that Locatelli does, but that's what traditionally Locatelli did before he went to Juventus was getting box to box like Xhaka is now. Um, yeah. So even he isn't really the perfect, you know, uh, replacement for, for Thomas Partey. Um, yeah. I think what Partey does is quite unique and there aren't a lot of midfielders who have that, I don't know, it's the, sort of like octopus legs. Like, hey, it's, 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 I don't know, it's like having the feet and turning ability of like Santi Cazorla, I'm not, I'm not trying to overblow the player in terms of ability or anything, but he does have that ability to turn past people with the ball to open up the space for himself for a pass. His passing is not as not as good as, uh, say, Cazorla's was, but he's got that plus strength to battle and win the ball and really good positioning that a lot of times he doesn't have to make the tackles because he's just there to make interceptions. And he still did that in the Leeds game. The problem was every time one of our players... Yeah, every time one of our players got the ball... They'd, their pass really only pass was backwards because Leeds were on us so quickly, especially in that second half. You know, first the, half we we played okay, but um, the, the one yeah, sorry, just as you no, I was just going to say well, just what as you mentioned, the the one that I feel like we sort of I wouldn't say missed a trick on, but um, you'll be familiar with this name when I say it, John. But over the summer, uh, Fabian Ruiz was mm. left Napoli and went to PSG and. He yeah. he came on in in the classic and, and he, he he just looks like to me a, a very Arteta type of player. Yeah, um, yeah very like cultured, a, but yeah, yeah knows his uh, role but, but and, can mix it and and can yeah. go box to box. He's like a Danny Ceballos on crack, you know, just has that extra mm. level. And I think I would imagine he'll make the Spain squad for the summer. I, I have a feeling he's the sort of player that will fit in. The the one that's being mooted as well at the moment is Enzo Fernandez, who's the Benfica. Argentinian. Um, he's very similar to is it Matthias Nunes that went to Wolves. The other he went from Sporting, yeah. kind of in that mold. He's only twenty one. Um, it's it must it's a it's a tough one for Arteta, I guess, because you know you you don't want to to use a Wengerism. You don't want to quote kill Sambi, mm. um, but equally, I might make myself unpopular here. I, I I've not seen a lot of what other people have seen with Sambi yet, personally. Uh, I'm not saying really he has a passing, though. That's one of the things he's he, really good at. But he that's does, but, it, the part but it's he all does, sort of... It? But, and it's all kind Only. of 10 yards, and it's very safe. And and I'm not... You know, I I know I know he divided opinion, uh, you know, mostly on the negative, but when you look at... When when Emery introduced Guendouzi, for example, the criticism that he had was he didn't assist and he didn't score. But the role he was in, that wasn't his role. What he did do very well when he wasn't <laughs> being a sod was he would get about the pitch. He'd win the ball. He'd give it simple and he'd make tackles. And that's exactly what he's now doing for Marseille every week. And if you took the attitude away, he's exactly the sort of player that would be perfect right now. And I don't think that us going out and sort of forcing Sambi to change his game to, to fit into that is going to work. And I, I just feel like if we'd have made a bigger signing in the summer, I feel like Sambi would have gone on loan and that might have helped his sort of Nuno Tavares-isms into the... Because I just feel like he's a little bit raw and every time I see him... They are in the same trajectory of their career, Nuno yeah. and Sambi. And I'm not... I'm not. I say, this is not me, you know, 
lift bus insert Sambi. It's not like that. It's just I just haven't quite. And I know I know like with the Arsenal community, it's either he's terrible or he's the second coming of Maradona. I just think with Sambi, there's a lot of development to go there, like a lot of development. Whereas someone like Saliba's come in and it's just instantly been brilliant, you know, and then, developing. I, I think the problem that Sambi has got, and it's not his fault, is that when he comes in, people immediately go, you're not Thomas Party." Yeah, that's fair. And, yeah. they're, and they're different players. Like the way he would play the defensive midfield role is, different. I think he, he plays it differently and he's not a kind of guy who's going to turn past the midfielder to open up the space for himself. He's going to drop in, get it off the centre-back and maybe spray the passes about a little bit more from deeper. Um, mm. So it makes the team adjust slightly the way they play. But I think we've seen this season, and even a little bit last season as well, with the periods where we did play well, we're more than capable of doing that. And our forward line, especially this season, is, is so good that it doesn't really seem to matter too much where the midfielders pick it up as long as there is a pass to make. So he's a little bit of a victim of he's going to have a direct comparison to Thomas Party, and he, but he's never going to be a Thomas Party player. He could become as good a player as Thomas Party. He would just play the role in a different way. Yeah, yeah. And, and as and as um, I think, uh, sorry, Danny, I think Thunder Road made the point about you know is there really a partnership between Jacker and Party? I think there is, but I, I absolutely take his point in saying. It's not like a flat two partnership, yeah, no, like yeah. centre back. It's yeah. kind of a one of them. You know, they are yeah. in in cahoots. They do move together, um, but yeah, there is that argument of the four three three slash four one four one. And Danny, I know you want to come in just very quickly. Uh, I'm going to take the bait because I can't resist. And <laughs> two three five one hundred. He's good enough for the world champions, my friend. So he's good enough for Arsenal. Danny, carry on. Yeah. Um... How about the? Uh, I'm just going to go and, and get some some stats. The uh, the Ukrainian wonder kid, who in his 52 oh, games and eight goals right. for the Ukraine, plays it all as a, as a defensive midfielder. I'm just looking at his stats here. Central oh, it's midfielder. Not the same. Not the same. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I thought you were talking about the the young wonder kid. The, the winger. Oh no, no, not the one with the nice hair. No, I'm <clears> on about Zinchenko. Yeah. Um, the fact that he. he, he I'm just looking at all of his last 20 or 30 games for Ukraine, one at left back, one at left midfield, the rest of them at central midfield. Now, I doubt very much he's playing the Santi role in central midfield or, or the Bergkamp role in, in advanced midfield. Could we see him come in and take over that defensive midfield slot? Because at the moment, it looks like Tierney is third choice left back behind uh, well, Zinchenko first and then Tommy second and then uh, Tierney third. So, I think we've got enough players to try Zinchenko, at the, the, what he does for the national team. Would you like to see that, anyone? I think I could see him playing midfield sometimes, but mm. the, the I think the problem that you or Arteta might have is that he would have two naturally left-footed players as the centre mids, which I'm not sure he'd be a huge fan of. Zinchenko's got the technical ability. He can play with his right foot as well, just like absolutely fine. And I wouldn't have an issue. If like, if I saw the team sheet and he was playing midfield, I'd be like, oh, okay, we've obviously shuffled about a bit. But I wouldn't be like, oh God, this is a disaster because he's clearly got the ability to do it. He's, he's a good enough player. He plays there for Ukraine. Um, mm. But I don't think it's like a long-term solution. It Genuinely, it wouldn't surprise me if, um, you know, if we got desperate to see Ben White play there, because mm. I think what Ben White has proven this season at right back 
is that he's becoming a very good right back. And whilst he had some maybe limitations when he played it a little bit towards the end of last season, what we've seen from this season is the overlap that he does and just the calmness and confidence on the ball that I could easily see him playing in there. Again, all, all of these examples of players like Zinchenko or Ben White, you know, they're not what I would go to as a solution, but they are at least options that we have if we get really desperate, which is a nice thing to have. Whereas I think I, in the past, you know, it's been yeah. like last season, it was, well, we've got no left back. Jack has got to play left back and we've got no midfield now. You know, I do. I do completely agree with you. Um, both of you. In fact, I, I just, my, my only concern is, um, how do I put this delicately? I, I don't want Mikel to start pepping it. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'd, I'd, rather go out, I'd rather go out and say, right, I know this might be difficult for Sambi, but, you know, maybe they look at this season as, I don't know whether this will be part of his last season or not, but maybe they go, his injury problems and the fact we can't keep him fit all the time <laughs> is an issue. We need to go out and buy an actual replacement for him. Whether they're thinking that or not, I've got no idea. If they went and did that in January, I wouldn't be against it. I like Thomas Party. I think he's a great player. But the fact that you can't guarantee he's going to be around and available all the time, I would, if someone if there was someone available we could go and buy who could be a replacement for him, come into the first team, even if we have to adjust slightly the way we play, and then we go, right, this guy is first choice, Partey is here for another few months, we sell him in the summer, and then Sambi can be back up still then I'm totally mm. fine because if the new guy's coming in is reliable and he's not going to have the same injury problems then you do that I thought players come and go you know it's not someone I'm it's not like you know if they said they were going to sell Saka or Martinelli I haven't got that emotional attachment to, to yeah. Thomas Party in that way I just want someone of doesn't have to have the exact same skill set or anything but as long as they can do the job in midfield to mm. the level that we're the team is outputting doesn't even have to be at the same level as Thomas Party, but as long as it doesn't over, like drastically diminish the quality of the team and the way we're playing, that's that's the thing for me. I guess the other thing as well is that where, where I would sort of not defend Mikel as such because you know he's not he's not even done it yet. To be fair, mm. played him in that position. But what I would say is like when when Zinchenko's played left back, he's often gone into midfield yeah. in this yeah. sort of new hybrid role, um, which is clearly instruction. And also, it's not like we're bodging it by saying oh well he can play four positions he's actually playing there for Ukraine it's not like he's just yeah. filled in once or twice he's actually playing there as a choice so yeah I mean mm. that in that defense it's not like we've bought a player who can't play there we've we bought a player who has two very viable positions and arguably he might even be better in midfield than than he is in in center I, I do wonder about party in the long run I do wonder if if perhaps the idea is to move away from that type of player but then equally you know as good as granite's been this season he's not getting any younger so that's kind of a key part of our i would say the the one thing the one thing granite's got on his side is that he's never exactly been blessed with uh, pace what he has been blessed with is he very rarely gets injured and Mm. he doesn't really seem to tire very often either like out of all the players, he seems to be the one who has the most things keep going. So like yeah, he might who be fucked after about an hour. Yeah, he might be one of those sort of players who you go, you know, he's like thirty six or thirty seven and playing in the Bundesliga still. And you go, Jesus Christ, Grant Jack is still playing football. And he's like, yeah, yeah, he looks the same as when he was thirty. He's just doing, the and same his game thing. hasn't really changed. Yeah, yeah, you know, it just some players, you know, get that and they they have that kind of build. So he might be that kind of player. You never know. 
he's also the sort of player, Xhaka, that you want, um, almost like sort of Gilberto Silva was in in his latter day. You want him still at the club when you're bringing through the next generation. You want that yeah, player yeah. who can say, yeah. right, I'm still yeah. here. Almost like, you know, so look at how Jamie Vardy was for Leicester, for example. He was brilliant for all those seasons. He's now what Pat Sandaka is kind of aspiring to be. I know it's a bad yeah. example. It's a striker, but it's the only one I can think of an older player. You want somebody who's been there, done it and achieved it to be then bringing through the next generation um, in the right ways. And he's obviously, we, we, we know what uh, Granite's done in terms of full circle of how his career has gone at Arsenal. Um but yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Are we um, talking PSV? Because I've got a couple of questions. I've got two questions for you, Chris. If we are doing PSV, yeah, we, we yeah we don't want to take away from the preview show, but we can definitely mention it because that's being played on Thursday, isn't it? So yes, mm. you can fire away. Uh, well, first question I got is how about Guendouzi? How long has he got left at Marseille? Is he doing enough there to get a move to um, Spain or somewhere like that, where the big money is? He's on a four-year deal. Mm. I don't. I don't think he'll leave Marseille. He's captained them no. this season. Um, he's he's having the team built around. It. It's funny actually because when Igor Tudor first came in, he wasn't the biggest fan, um, and there was some speculation about whether Ganduzi might revert to type and be a little bit um, stroppy. But it's actually Dimitri Payet who's been shelved, and he's now built the side around Ganduzi. He's so, getting rid of Payet. Well, he's I mean, he, golden boy. Yeah, he's in the autumn of his career, and he does like a pie. MLS. So. Um, yeah, possibly. Although I'm not sure his knees would hack those surfaces. I think with with um, Pai, I think he's the sort of player that will gradually drift out of Marseille, sort of down the pecking order and disappear into the into the universe, Ben Arthur-esque. But um, yeah, no, yeah, Grandusi's that. I say, I know. All jokes aside, I know he, I know he had his problems at Arsenal. I'm not defending some of the things he did, but for people to just say he's not any good and that's why he's in the French league. Wakey, wakey, guys! He's he's a very, very good midfielder. He will always be a prick. That's what he's known for. <laughs> one of the weirdest things about him, though, is arguably he's been one of the most disciplined midfielders in the French league this season, which is very unlike him. Um, and I and I like the fact that he's you know he's grown up. He's got a family now. Um, you know he's got sort of reputation of being a a presence that is a positive one in the French camp, and that, and that's not. No, make no mistakes. That's not an easy midfield to get into. So, um, yeah, we 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 got far less than we should have in that deal. Do you think he'll ever make that. the Premier League? Do he ever want to come back? Not I don't think he want to. I don't. No, I don't. I don't think he want to come back. Really, I think he he's people Has he found who, his level. Well, John will get me when I say this. Some players you you see it a lot in Serie A, where certain players fit a league. And you just know that they'll stay in that league, and they'll and they'll stay at that club. Like Tossi was a one club man. Um, you know, look at Pogba. You know, should never have left Juventus. That was a perfect fit at the time when he was fit. Certain players just fit certain leagues, and certain players fit certain clubs. And and Marseille is exactly, you know, they're known for being sort of, you know, nobody likes us, we don't care. It's perfect for Matteo. So no, I don't, I don't think he would. I could see him in the Bundesliga again because he did have a, a couple of spells out there when he was with us. He was at Freiburg, mm. I want to say, and Hertha, wasn't it? So I could see him going back there, but and and possibly Spain. But I think he's I think he's quite happy in Marseille, to be honest. And the other one, this is linked to the PSV, is uh, a young man called Xavi Simons. Oh, Simons, he's be still he's, my beating testicles. He's nineteen years old. Just had a look. He's a uh, started at Barcelona. He's Dutch, Barcelona. 
PSG, a few games for PSG didn't really score any goals. But for PSV this season, I think the Bergkamp says he's got eight goals in ten games. He is brilliant. And he's got fantastic hair. Um, no, 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 no. He's not going to have a Gwen Hughes hair. <laughs> no, he, he's, he is he's very, very talented. Do we need to be worried talented. on Thursday? Absolutely. He, he's, he is, <laughs> he's a player who low-key might just force his way into the Dutch national team. Um, they've got they've got two players in particular PSV at the moment. Cody Gakpo, who's one of the most informed wide players in Europe this season. I got we his stats in nine with. goals, seven assists. He's been absolutely brilliant. He's direct. He's he's athletic. He's he, he's he can he, play he anywhere as champ. well. He kind of plays the Henri roles. He cuts in and, and he's a goal threat. Um, but yeah, Xavi Simmons is PSG. Of I was amazed they let him go, but I've recently discovered and it it got leaked on. Um, it's somewhere in the in the French press a couple mm. of weeks ago that they have essentially got a buyback option, but it's for more than they sold him for, which makes absolutely no sense at all. It's just PSG doing doing PSG things. They essentially couldn't keep a player on that much money at his youth level to to hit financial fair play, so they let him go to to Holland on what is essentially a loan with a with an option to buy with a permanent about ten or, million or something. Yeah, but but the what could end up happening is that PSV have got an instruction to buy, an option to buy, which they could trigger for 10 million. And then PSG have a counter option to re-sign for 25 million euros instantly. So you could have a situation where you sign a player and then immediately he signed back to another club. Does that make sense? It happens yeah. in Europe a lot. It happens in, again, in Serie A, it happens a PSG lot. PSG like, win is the gist of that. Well, in yeah. the meantime, PSV are winning. Well, no, no, we, we, and you know, it's it's important that we highlight players from opposition teams, and and yeah. he is. Oh, I mean, we're we'll playing him on Thursday. That's why we're talking about PSG. Yeah, and and he's and he's a he's a player that he's a player that will trouble us if we don't if we don't take him seriously because he he will nip between the lines. He'll play across anywhere between the ten, the eight, and the six. He's quite happy to travel with the ball. He'll draw fouls. Technically, very very good. And and if we if we don't respect. PSV, they will they will take take a point off us at, at minimum. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them coming to us and you know if we're not on it, it's a sort of. Do you remember Olympiakos in the Champions League all those years ago? It's got a bit of a whiff about that to me. So I would expect Arteta to go full full strength or as close to full strength with rotation as he can. Like I, I don't think Jesus will play that game, for example. But I think we will probably see you know a Tomiyasu in the back line with a with a Saliba or Gabriel. I think you know, a Xhaka or a party will play that game. Um, we've got to take them pretty seriously. Are you, what What do you think, John? Are you confident in that particular game? Because if we win it, we, we, we don't, we don't win the group, but we're not far off. Yeah. I, I think that's the, you go all out to win that. Um, and then just because obviously we, we had the game. So it was, yeah. So Sunday we played and then you got the break they can recuperate a little bit more because obviously they had that. This we've got the extra day essentially, um, and it's a home game as well, isn't it? The first leg. Um, yeah. So I think they go most likely all out to win that one. Again, like you said, it doesn't guarantee you win the group, but it puts you in a position where you can essentially you've got what PSV away, which if you've got point in, then I think we've wrapped up the group then, um, and you've got 
Bodo home or Zurich, one or the other. I can't remember. Uh, Zur- Bodo. Zurich at home, yeah. Bodo's done now, yeah. isn't it? Home oh, Bodo's done now, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so I think if you, you go all out for that game, you hope that you go a goal or two ahead early enough that you can sort of get to 50, 60 minutes and start taking first team players off. Mm. Um, as we do have Southampton and it is an away game and then immediately following that you then get the away trip to, to PSV um, mm. so weirdly um, no disrespect to Southampton and our friend Ross <laughs> um, I think Southampton might be treated almost as the Europa, Europa League game this week rather than the Europa League game being it if you know what See, I mean that worries me I'm not going to lie um, yeah I <laughs> And I don't think it is. he'll take Southampton lightly. I think he'll still, again, he'll play a very strong team. But I just think, one, it's the home leg and you just need to make a statement. And PSV, PSV are the sort of team that you would expect to see in the latter stages of the competition anyway, especially the way they're playing this season. They mm. are like one of the most informed teams in Europe. Um, they do have some very good players. Uh, so it's not going to be an easy game. This is, you know, this sort of home and away leg is almost you could have had this as like a semi-final you know mm. in, in this competition at least um, I think if we're on it and we're at our best then yeah we, we will beat them but uh, there's no way you could play like we did against Leeds I think they're terrorists of pieces to be perfectly honest yeah. the sort of form they're in um, it's just one of those things where you just want to keep the momentum going um, I'm not saying he's going to go to Southampton and you know like stick just play the Ketia, kids <laughs> you know in Ketia Marquinhos you know Fabio Vieira yeah. holding that sort of thing um, but yeah I, I, I definitely think it will be a there's probably the strongest team we'll see so far mm. in, in Europe this season but yeah I still expect to see like Matt Turner in goal um, it oh, won't yeah. be the all chance. of the you know it won't be all of the back four he's the, been okay he's not been too bad has he no, no, I, I like Turner yeah. yeah, he's been fine. Yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah. been fine. I mean, I, th- I think like like everyone, as you know, major pundits have pointed out, it's it's the distribution with his feet that he's got to work on. But he admitted yeah. that when he came in. So I mean, it's yeah, uh, it's you know, you've been taught your whole life one way to play football, and you mm. you you're joining a club knowing you're going to have to learn a different way to do it. But they obviously think mm. he can do it, and I I don't think he's done anything wrong. He's going to have shaky moments. He's also, you know, every time he's playing he's often playing with different people in front of him. It's not the same midfield in front yeah, of that yeah. back four as well. He'd look much better mm. if he played in our proof at end goal. Oh, if you, if you, yeah, you know, you're, you're going to see him <coughs> and feel a bit more confident and probably not quite as nervous and that sort of thing. So yeah, and all of that makes last, a difference. The last player I can even think who came, you see a lot of players who leave the Premier League and go to MLS or leave the top mm. leagues and go to MLS. I think the only one I can, or the last one I can remember coming from MLS and going into a team is Miguel Elmer on at Newcastle. And that's yeah. taken three years to work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't think of now. Zach, Zach Stephens, an American goalkeeper, but he came via. Fulham have got about four Americans. They've got Tim Ream, haven't they? But yeah, d- didn't Zach, I'm sure Zach Stephan came to Man City via. Someone else, else, yeah. In yeah. Europe, I think. I, I mean, it, is, it, it probably is easier for goalkeepers because America generally has a pretty good tradition of like producing decent, you know, like yeah. Premier, like Premier League Simon, quality. Slonina, yeah, you know, Premier League quality goalkeepers. And the MLS yeah. in general is just getting better and better every season. Um, yeah. You know, they're developing better players. So, um, yeah, no, I, I'm happy with Matt Turner. But yeah, I do expect to see a stronger side against PSV. It's just a tougher game. I have and, to. Yeah. You know, and we've had the 
we've got the weird thing of although this month has been very busy for games, we've got this weird little section where we had like a four sort of almost four day gap uh, mm. break kind of thing. So I expect to take full advantage and try and get as many of the first team into that onto the pitch as he can on Thursday. But I, I expect it will be a push really hard, try and get the early goals, and then just start taking them off and you know acti- activate the holding protocol or whatever. Activate the holding know. protocol. Yeah. yeah, and just go, there you go, we're 2-3-0 t- we're up, just just see out the game sort of thing. 17 goals in their last four games for PSV, by the way. I know, I was just looking <laughs> They've been having a lovely time. <laughs> Did we cover the, the changes to the Europa League qualification for the next round in the last podcast, or did I, I think do we- that? Yeah, we have alluded to it. It's basically if you don't win the group, you go into this playoff yeah. where you have to be shipped to the Amazon warehouse and you have to build four origami tents before you're allowed to then take a boat to Bogota. And, I mean, that's yeah. why it's so important that we need to finish top because the eight third-place Champions League sides and the eight mm. second-place Europa League sides all play against each other. So by finishing top, you skip a round of two games, which is... Yeah. Yeah, it takes, takes two games out of the season. You don't have to play the teams that get rewarded for not being good enough to be in the Champions League by dropping League, yeah. into another competition, which is so insulting to anyone who's in the Europa League. I, just the whole way all the European competitions work is just. And have you seen stupid. some of the teams that are likely to end up in the Europa League this season oh, based on? Yeah, I mean, Barcelona, Barcelona, yeah, Barcelona. Yeah, I mean, there's. There's quite a few, e- even even a Porto potentially. Like you know, you don't want a side yeah. of that stature in there. Um, no. Spurs, of course. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah. <clears throat> there are. It is a weird old rule. Why they can? I, yeah, I, when they did this whole Europa League and Europa Conference, why they didn't then go right? Champions League, Champions League. If you're not good enough, yeah. you're out. That's it. Tough tits. You know, you requalify. Yeah. Same I mean, as Europa League. If, if you're not good enough for Europa League, that's it. You're out. And yeah, but I mean, it's the whole thing. Is like I, I, I never liked the Champions League. Is like nice as a spectacle because you can get all the big names in because you can have Barcelona and Real Madrid. But to me, it's still you know the mm. it should be the champions of each league. They play each other. And yeah, I know. I know people will say, "Oh well, the champions of Holland aren't really going to be good enough against the champions of Spain or England or whatever." And yeah, I, I do get that, but to me, that's what the the real what European Cup was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, uh, it did, and then it didn't, it didn't, it didn't devalue then the second tier of European competition either because you had really, really good teams in it, which you do yeah. actually now have in Europa League. But you also yeah. have some, you know, and and at least this way. At least this way we get to see Inter probably go through, John. So, I mean, you know. Well, I mean, small that's wins, true. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <Small> <laughs> we take what we can get. <laughs> we take what we can get. Um, and for those who don't know, uh, Loki's just made a point of reminding me as well. It is a six o'clock kickoff on Tuesday. At home. Thursday. Sorry, is, home. What is yeah, the sense well, in that? It's the protocol of Euro of UEFA, oh, isn't it, in terms of yeah. leasing. Yeah, I mean, the, the advantage of that is that if if we go out, we win the game, and it ends up being comfortable. It's like right, great, well done, boys. You know, eight o'clock, they're in the changing room, have a chat, get the rub down, warm downs, and whatever else, and then they can get home. Rub down, you say? Yeah, me. Mm-hmm. You know, have have a rest day Friday or whatever, and then light training Saturday, and then off to off to Southampton, I guess. And and Southampton is yet another one of those games that you know it's got. Oh Christ! Written all over it. I mean, no, they, it they are. Their shit. We'll no, no, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. But you say that. Like Hassan Hotel has this thing. Ask Chelsea. 
you know, Southampton are the sort of club that are more than happily, more than happy to lose eight nil to Wolves and then go and beat City three nil. Like they are the most <laughs> fucking. You cut ask Frost. Like you just you cannot predict what you're going to get with Southampton and away from home. We've been there before. Was it just last season? Wasn't it? Don't In that it. awful run towards the end of the season, we lost that. Old, did we? Yeah, we did lose one 0 didn't we? You know, it's that, a very that is, very different team this year. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, on our day and the way we're playing, we should be going yeah. there with, with the expectation yeah. of three points. But I, I think, you know, and it, and in a weird way, as much as, you know, the modern day footballer and athlete does need his or her rest, I get that. In a way, the way this team are playing, I wouldn't mind betting you could go into that Arsenal dressing room at Colney tomorrow and they would say, yeah, we'll play five times a week right now because we're... Yeah. We're enjoying our football. We're we're on momentum. And I've seen quite a few people say it's a shame we're not playing Man City this week because it would have been a good, you know, good test of where we are right now. I tend to disagree, but you know, if we could just put both of those games off till May, that'd be fine with me. But we'll just cancel them. We'll just cancel them and just give us the league now, basically. Um, But yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. I I just think that. I just think if I'm if I'm a Premier League defender, I look at Arsenal this season and I'll just say. I really don't want to play against Gabriel Jesus, Gabriel Martinelli, no. or Bakaya Saka. Thank you very much. Oh, boss, my hamstring's feeling a bit tight. I think I'm going to yeah, I'll off this one off. Honestly, and I wouldn't as, even bother. And as Steph puts in the chat, have they still got Shane Long? Fortunately, no, they don't, because that's yeah. that, the, yes, the Shane Long Shane protocol. Long, <laughs> Shane Long's gone. We're fine. Nothing to worry yeah. about. Should we, should we do some de- questions, Danny? <laughs> yeah, yes, I didn't realise Ben White was a product of the Southampton Youth Academy. He is, yeah. Many, many yeah, years ago. And if John. he and if he oh, doesn't go to the World Cup, by the way, oh, it's yes. a yeah, fucking yeah. travesty. Just saying. With all with, well, with they only need six right backs injured. <laughs> you only need another six England right backs to get injured before he's third choice. Well he's <laughs> but he's perfect. He can play in that centre half or right centre half or right back. Yeah. He's he's absolutely perfect. We know I mean this. I hope he doesn't go because you know yeah, we get none of us ours go. Yeah. Right, I will jump into the questions. If you do have any more, Danny's been collecting them all from the start of the show, but if you do have any more that you thought of, quickly find them in and we'll try and get the show wrapped up. Um, you can both answer this. From Dempsek, uh, would you rather watch the Leeds game or go to the dentist? Danny? <laughs> I'd rather die than go to the dentist, although I might. Have, I get free <laughs> NHS dentistry. I have to go to a special needs one where it's all flat. I've got a... <laughs> Tooth missing there, a broken tooth at the back there. And they said, my doctor sent him a letter saying he needs to go to the dentist. And I went, we don't have any appointments. I said, whatever. They said, no, two of our three dentists have quit. And so I'm going to have to go. I mean, luckily I can afford it. I'm going to have to pay private, John. So they so I'm going to have to pay to go to the fucking dentist. What a world they we quit. live in. They quit because they saw you and you in. They were like, no, I'm not dealing with that. <laughs> oh, fuck <laughs> me. I hate them. And I'll have to pay for it. Fuck. Well, you know when you act- think like some questions is going to be a quick answer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, was, I, was just, I was just going to say I'll answer that very quickly. I I'm, I would really like an NHS dentist, so I would quite happily go to the dentist right now. <laughs> yes, yeah, so would I. It'll, even though it'll probably be an absolute shit show, and I'll I'll leave with about two teeth left because they're all rotten. Yeah. But yeah, I'd quite gladly take a dentist out now. So give me leads on repeat. That's no problem. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, we've got one here from Witty Remark 99. 
Should Gabriel Jesus get himself carded against Southampton, Chris? Missing the Forest game is probably the best-case scenario. Should he do and activate the Sergio Ramos protocol? Yeah, Sergio, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sergio Ramos, who's possibly going to be banned for seven games. Um, oh, what's he done? Yeah. Um, he gobbed off and got sent off, and there's talk of them extending his ban because he was uh, alleged to have used a slur towards the official. Um, anywho, I... Said something about forget. Yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> I don't. I, I would never. I would never say. Much like Mikel, probably you would never say or go out there and get booked. I guess the only question I would ask is when does the because of the World Cup and where it's situated. Does that mean not till after normally, Christmas? It is, is it? So it is still December thirty yeah. first. Ah, bollocks! Mm-hmm. I was going to say if they brought that forward. I mean, I don't know. I. I, I I think it's dangerous when you start saying that. I, th- I think if there was a very, you know, like a goalkeeper holding onto the ball for an extra few seconds in the 90th minute, then fine. But what I don't want to encourage is him just going out and, you know, smashing someone up in the air because knowing our luck, it would probably end up in a six-game ban and God knows what. Not that that would happen. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but equally, we're going to have to deal without him at some point. So I don't think you really want to confuse or complicate the situation. You go out there, you play your own game. If he gets booked, he gets booked because he could just as easily take a kick on his ankle and be out for six weeks. So I don't think you can... I'd be be amazed if that was written into the protocol of make sure you get yourself a cheeky booking. But equally, I wouldn't be surprised if he happened to hold on to a throw-in for a few too many seconds. Well, he's had no problem all season getting fucking booked, has he? So it's it's not (laughs) going to be hard. It's not like Alan Smith has suddenly got booked or Gary Lineker's got a booking when they've had one between them. I think he's been unfortunate, though, because he is one of those strikers that he does hassle and harry and he does sort of pull... Paul defenders about a bit, doesn't he? Man City, did he? I think the most he got in the whole season was four. Yeah, but that's because bloody Rodri and all the other clouts were, <laughs> were cynical, fouling the whole game. He didn't have to get involved, did he? I mean, they're the masters of the dark arts. So they never got to yeah, eleven I... in the rotational fouling, so he was okay. Yeah, it was only exactly. him and a goalie yeah. left. <laughs> that's the Pep protocol. Protocol, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I'd be amazed if that's written into the plans for Sunday. To mm. be honest. Uh, quick note: If I was the manager, I'd a hundred percent. I'd get to half time if he hadn't been booked. I'd be like, Gabby, you know, we're two new up. Just push someone over <laughs> you're coming off at 60 minutes just get the just, yellow just fart on someone or something yeah. I'm watching yeah. tell, tell the referees at the moment shit. and Forrest yeah. are dog shit yes um, anyway say Josh is there he was that, Josh yeah, is at the did, game yeah. but he Not was 15 minutes late because he was fixing his washing machine although Wolves have scored a, scored a goal in a football match this evening oh, oh so, fuck off really Adama Traore, yeah. of all people. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I've been putting them as fucking zero for having bagging points off them in my prediction for ages. Poor, anyway. Poor Patrick. Oh, dear. Right. And it was um, a header. Mm. Oh, God. I mean, actually, I think I had, no, I had Paris 2 0. Shit. That was a bad idea. Um, another question from Dempsec. This one's for you, Danny. Uh, are we now seeing a change in ref decisions? Are we being viewed as a top club again? I believe Dempsey might be alluding to the fact that teams at the top of the table might get more favourable referee decisions. <laughs> it is almost as if we are the flavour of the month at the moment. We are getting the rub of the green definitely against um, Leeds. Thank fuck they did they did um, wiggle the wires. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ! Because if that had been, we'd have been, um, they'd have had a penalty. 
another penalty and we'd have had a, been a man down, one of our most important defenders. It does look like it, yeah. But football is cyclical. So we've had 20 years of them being against us and we've had 10 games of them being against us. So <laughs> I don't know how long it's going to last. I'm more impressed that Danny used the word cyclical correctly. <laughs> well, at least I said it because you didn't even say it. Yeah, no, I couldn't even say it. I was so surprised that you said it properly. Don't ask me to do it again. <laughs> but no, it is, it is interesting to see. I think it's because we're winning games as well. You're now looking at referee decisions and not complaining as much. And you're going, you're only concentrating on the favourable ones and not the... Because there's definitely been games this season where we've had some decisions go against us, I'm sure. But you don't think about it because you've won the game. So you don't really or we've care. got the obligatory Harry Kane penalty against us. Yeah, yeah, you know, but you don't you don't care about those decisions anymore because you're like, well, we've won the game. It doesn't matter. So you don't well, maybe that's why the refs are not trying to fuck us over because they know no matter what they do, we're still going to win because we're Arteta's army. <laughs> we've got Super <laughs> Mick Arteta. That's Arteta. it. The, the day I get a video of Chris singing that, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> Give it time. Um, <laughs> I can't sing. Then, <laughs> then the tattoo. <laughs> uh, right, this I is a good one. I'll, I'll take everyone's opinion on this from Formerly Noser. Uh, with injury to Richarlison, will Martinelli be on the plane to Qatar? Well, he bloody well should be anyway, and Richarlison's a massive <laughs> fraud, so uh, you know it's an irrelevant question. <laughs> no, no, sorry, no, sorry, I'm only joshing. Um, I genuinely, I, I don't understand. Somebody tweeted, I, I don't know who it was, I think it's just a random one that got retweeted into my timeline, but they, they had a picture and they were like, why is nobody talking about the 60 million fraud that is Richarlison? I think he's got like one goal in something like 12 appearances since he signed. It's fucking fact. He, he is the... the archetypal you know everyone thinks he's fantastic he's dog shit big fish little pond yeah he he he, yeah at Watford when he was sort of smashing people in the championship well what did he do no I I I don't I don't rate him if if uh Chiche is at the Brazil manager if he takes Mm. Richarlison over Jesus he wants his fucking head red and if he takes him over an in-four Martinelli he equally wants his head red um I I, and and the, the Brazilian boys Arsenal wise, I actually hope they do go to the World Cup because I oh, feel yeah. like beautiful thing to watch him play. Yeah, but not only that, I think the mentality. Um, I think that Gabby has worked so hard, in particular Jesus. I think will go regardless because I think he's he's you know he's got credit in the bank. Um, I think Gabriel will go because they've got a limited amount of of high quality centre backs at this stage of the season. Um, but Gabby Martinelli, for me, he's. He, he's just worked so hard and you can tell it means so much to him. And I just think that he, we could have an Arshavin type of situation on our hands if he didn't go. Not that he would eat 17 burgers and ride on a horse to a nightclub. Although that would be funny. I heal like dog. I heal like dog. But, um, but I just think his, I just think his, I don't think his confidence would go, but I think mentally it would be a, a real hammer blow because he's worked so hard. And he is arguably, if you went into the start of the season, there would be an argument to say, you know, even, even a Pepe before he went out on loan probably would have, would have been looking to challenge for that spot. ML Smith Rowe would have been in, in that position. You know, Saka would have potentially been on that side. The fact that he's essentially become first name on the team sheet alongside a few others speaks volumes. And and he he's just been he's been a joy to watch this season. He really has. And I think that if he didn't go to the World Cup, I, I just think that would be a massive kick in the in the shins for him. And I feel like that would affect him slightly. Um, and and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he's going to start for Brazil. They've got um, 
I mean, Rafinha has been was very good at Leeds. He's been in and out of Barcelona, but on his day is good. Obviously, Neymar's probably going to play the false nine. They, they've got quite a lot of talent, Brazil. I don't think Gabby's going to expect to start. But once again, they're one injury away from uh, you know from, from Gabby being needed in those games. And I just think him being part of that setup will be really good for his confidence. So I hope he goes. Um, as for Richarlison, frankly, I couldn't care if both his legs have fallen off. Uh, in fact, it would be quite nice because I wouldn't have to listen to his... <clears throat> oh, he, he's one of those players, isn't he? Is just one of those the, players. The thing for Charleston is like I. I mean, I got why Spurs. Well, I kind of got why Spurs went for him. The, the, well, yeah, that's one. <laughs> uh, unfortunately for him, he has got and Chris won't like this, but he has gone to a club where they have two very good wide players in Human Song and Kulovetsky, who yeah. are extremely hard to displace from the team. Um, but Richarlison in the Brazil shirt is a very different prospect. He's like a one and two goal scorer for them, and their forward line. So, just listing like some of the options they've got who can play pretty much anywhere, as most Brazilian forwards can. Uh, Richarlison, Neymar, Anthony, now of Manchester United fame, uh, Rafinha, Vinicius Junior, uh, C- uh, Mateus Cunha, Firmino, Pedro, uh, who's a Flamingo player, I believe, and uh, Rodrigo from Real Madrid as well. There's a lot of forward options. They're going to have to go um, Ozzy Ardiles in his time at Spurs by playing six up front. Yeah, so so it's very it's it's a difficult squad to get into, particularly as a forward. Um, you know, and the other thing with Martinelli is, although obviously he he plays wide, and Jesus wants to play as the number nine for Brazil, he can play wide as well. So he's kind of competing with his own clubmate for that because they might go. Well, we can find a space for Gabby Jesus because he can play wide for us and he can play up front through the middle if we need him as well. Um, and you've also got, of course, uh, oh God, what's his name? He used to be into Gabby Goal, who went back to Brazil. Oh, um, Barbosa, Gabriel Barbosa. Barbosa. Yeah. Yeah. He went back to Brazil to try and find some of his, his magic back. So there's a lot of options for Brazil. I hope, like Chris said, I hope he gets to go because I think he's probably been. Maybe not our best player this season, but he has been without a doubt the most exciting to watch. Every time he gets the ball, yeah. I just think it just every Hold defender looks something. terrified. <laughs> yeah, because you just yeah. don't know what he's going to do. I'm just like, I don't know. So he's going inside, he's going outside. He's definitely going to run at the player, and mm. he's probably going to beat him. And then he might just take the piss and turn back around again, and then nutmeg him for a he's, laugh. He's yeah. like, he's like Alexander Kleb with end product. Yes, <laughs> it's kind of nuts. If you know, you um, know. <laughs> yeah, right. I I will put this question out now, so you can have a time to think about, it and we'll come back. To just it before yet. you do, really yeah. quickly, just to, just want to salute our our young guns, um, Jack Wilshere's academy side. They won three one in the Papa John's Trophy tonight at uh, Northampton, and are into the latter stages. So oh, well done, nicely done. done. Well, well done, Jack looking and the young boys. I'm looking for the, the goal scorers stages. now. Oh. Not been able to find them. Um, so I'm going to put this question now so you've got time to think about it and we'll come back to the end. So Stefan asks, and people in the chat, if you have suggestions, obviously answer this one as well. What player in Arsenal history would you compare Xhaka uh, to this season? Um, so have a think about that one as we go along. Um, let's see. Uh, Avon Ted, does anyone believe this story about PSG big interested in Edu? Chris, I guess you're the the French expert, you mm. guy. Um, 
I, I believe it because it's true. <laughs> so oh, so there's sorry. that. Um, what is the story? I've not heard anything. Very briefly, Campos, <clears throat> Luis Campos, who was brought in as a sporting director, who basically is the guy who does the transfers, he came into PSG in the summer at the request of Christophe Galtier, who's the new manager. They work together at Nice and Lille. He's he's basically the um, Monchi of French football at uh, Campos. He's very much known as the guru, the guru for transfers. Um, when all the story of Kylian Mbappe broke last week about him saying he wanted to leave, which he's now said he never said, even though he blatantly said it, um, there is uh, Campos walked basically and said, "I don't want to. I don't want to be part of this anymore. This regime is not what I came here for. I'm not being allowed to do my job." So he has quit. Well, depending on who you believe, he's quit. He quoted on RMC in France that he quit, but some people are saying he's still technically there and they're trying to work through it. I think he's gone. Um, and that has now led to to PSG's interest in Edu because um, the Qatari sort of regime, they want a high-ranking director of football, basically, because when uh, Neymar uh, sort of... Yeah, <laughs> He's having a brilliant season, but I think they want to move on from that project. They they tried to get rid of him last summer and he ended up staying. And it's fairly obvious that Mbappe is, you know, that new contract was very much a sticking plaster for this season. And he will almost certainly go, if not in January, at the end of this season, which means PSG have got an awful lot of work to do, both in branding and potentially signing the next upcoming star, which... Whether you agree or disagree, Adu is in the conversation of being one of those guys who is very well known. And he he's he knows a lot of the PSG hierarchy. Um, El Khalifi, the owner, um, he's he's well versed with him. He knows what's the Portuguese dude, uh, Mendes. Um, he's very well known in those circles. And of course, PSG formerly had a Brazilian in Leonardo at the helm. That didn't work out too well. Um, but off the back of Leonardo going they sort of approach the other Brazilians, shall we say, or, or people that would be of that standing. So I don't think Edu would want to go anywhere personally. I think he's, since um, Don Raul uh, took his money and ran, allegedly, um, I think Edu's quite happy. He's his own boss, basically, isn't he? Like, you know, it's kind of like that that sketch and TV shows like, oh, hello, Mr. Edu, what would you like to do today? I don't know, Mr. Edu, what should we do today? I don't mind this already. What should we do? Like it's it's he's just talking to himself. Him and Richard Garlic are kind of a you know a team. Um and then obviously uh, you know Arteta asks him for the players he wants and Edu goes and does what he can do and then has a lovely barbecue and puts his feet up. So I don't really see why and put yourself in Edu's position. Would you want to leave Arsenal where you're basically your own boss? You roll in and out of the club when you want in terms of your working day, you're at a club that is very much on the up. Why would you risk that to go to a, a you know a dumpster fire that is PSG? And as much as I'd love to see a French team win the Champions League, even if it is them, they are a head case. They will always be a head case as long as they have this, you know, sort of holier than thou attitude and mentality. And you know, there is always a drama. So why would you want to go for a drama? Maybe Raúl Sanjegi could go to PSG. That would be quite a good fit, personally. So. Uh, I, I do believe it because it is true they're interested, but I don't believe he'll end up going. I think there's more chance of Arsene Wenger <laughs> ending up at PSG than there is Edu. I'm just going to put that Oh, out. dear Arsene, don't taint you. Mm. Arsene should be England manager. They need to sack Southgate now. 
I mean, as 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 Anders said in the chat, there money talks. So you you know you can never say never in modern day football. But I I would yeah. be very surprised if 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 Edu went there or indeed Barcelona, <clears throat> which he's also been talked about as potentially going, if uh, Barca finally yeah. get their shit together. I, I just yeah I, I think the ridiculous situation PSG have got themselves in with like Mbappe calling the shots and now him wanting to leave. If I was Edu. It would have to be an obscene amount of money, which obviously PSG can pay, um, to even consider it because I'd be thinking I could be offered a job and then a week later get told, oh, some 16-year-old kid we've just bought that you know nothing about is now in charge of the club. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have anything to do anymore. (laughs) And I bet Edu's on a fair amount at Arsenal because didn't he leave the technical role at Brazil Brazil, to come to Arsenal? And that must have been fairly lucrative money-wise. So I'm sure he's well-numerated at Arsenal, shall we say? Yeah, you'd have to to be to have that barbecue. Mm. Um, (laughs) Right, we've got like uh, three more questions, and then that is it. Uh, Oh, and Stefan's one to go back to. Uh, Avon Ted, how much is too much hate for Gary Neville? Uh, There is no such thing as too much hate for Gary Neville. Uh, The only thing I like that he does is criticise the government in the UK. Everything else you can fuck off. Um, <laughs> that's a very quick one. Uh, Matthew D'Souza's got two. I'll take the first one, and then I'll give the second one to Danny. Um, why is Klopp only now having a pop at City and Newcastle for having Middle East gazillions? Um, I don't actually think Klopp was having a pop. I think he was having a pop at the media um, for not saying anything about it. Um, he was. I'm not Klopp's biggest fan, but generally his press conferences, he does actually answer the questions honestly and um, he often says things that a lot of other managers won't. He's not particularly political in that way. Um, and he just said, he just said basically, look, in uh, this market, Erling Haaland was the best striker. Man City mm. got the best striker. We can't compete with that. So you have to do it in different ways. He said, we've been able to be competitive because we went out and we did research and we did data and, you know, we drew some players younger and all those sorts of things and enticed them in different ways. He said, financially, you can't compete with Man City and you can't compete with Newcastle. They have no ceiling. Liverpool, for as well as they've done and the money they've spent, I think they have a ceiling. Same as Arsenal, even Man United, for a ridiculous amount of money they spent, even they have a ceiling. Mm. be it higher than ours. Um, so I don't actually think Klopp was necessarily having a go at them because he said, look, that's the competition, that's the way it works. It's fine, we have to deal with it. And to be fair to him and Liverpool, they've managed to compete with City. I know they're not this season, but for the past two, three years, those two have been two of the best teams in Europe. And, and Liverpool have spent a fuckload of money, by the way. Yeah, they have spent a lot of money, but to compete mm. with a club that basically has essentially unlimited funds mm. and you know, one of one of the best managers in the world, plus any coaching staff that you wanted and everything else, it's, it's a very impressive thing they've done. But yeah, I don't think he was having a pop at those teams. I think he was more pointing his finger at the media and saying... This is this is your job. You know the answer. Why are you even asking? Why are you it's a asking? stupid question. Yeah. Klopp and Guardiola are two of those coaches, aren't they? That if you support any other club, they're <clears> massive <throat> bellends. And if they if they manage your club, you quite like them. They're, yeah, they're that yeah. classic. Essentially, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I'm. I, I think Pep's a great manager. I think Klopp's a great manager. But uh, currently, I dislike both of them and mm. quite a lot. But if they were Arsenal manager, I'd be like, fuck, this is amazing. We've got this great manager. But yeah. But yeah, I, that's the one thing with Klopp I do like is that he basically makes a lot of 
and I guess it's journalists, some journalists, it's not all of them, because we do know some, Simon, hello, <laughs> uh, who are very intelligent people, but sometimes they probably get questions that they have to be uh, have to ask mm. and they don't want to because they know they're going to sound stupid and Klopp has a very good knack of going, well, you already know the answer, so why the fuck are you asking, you idiot? But he does it in a very nice way. <laughs> He likes he likes to gently simmer the piss, doesn't he? Doesn't like yeah, 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 he likes to gently yeah. simmer it, whereas Guardiola um, will, will just pour the piss over you. Yeah. And any man who comes into, as much as I dislike Liverpool, any man who comes in and immediately goes, "No, I understand the club, the Sun newspaper are not welcome here. You are a scumbag <laughs> organisation." I have the utmost respect for. So well done to him for that. Um, so Matthew's other question: What we're saying basically is perhaps a fraud. That's <laughs> uh, Danny. Matthew DeCesar's other question was, aside from Arsenal, is there another Premier League team you root for? Uh, he wants Marsh to do well at Leeds and he quite likes Fulham. I guess we can all answer this. Um, Danny, do you have another team in the Premier League this season? But the closest club to where I was born is Fulham. I was born in Putney. Yeah. I like to see XR, some ex-Arsenal players do well. Leno, Walcott, Iwobi, fuck the Ox, um, <laughs> fuck many of the others that have left. But yeah, I mainly go by... Um, Old players. Just looking at the Ox, he left Arsenal in in oh, I think August September two thousand seventeen was it? He's mm. played ninety four games in five seasons. That was a rare bit of good them. business. I know. Yeah. What did we get? Twenty five games this season. No forty. Was it forty five? Right. Yeah. Oh, that was on one. That and Iwobi. That and Iwobi. We got mega money for it. Was great. Yeah. I mean, all those clauses. All the clauses players have in the contract for an ex was if they win the Champions League, if they win the Premier League, they would usually get fuck all from them. But this time, we got all the money for it. But he's not played a single game this season either. But I don't like yeah. it. I don't like the way that he left. But yeah, if they've got a player like Oh Vieira, I like Palace. I want to see Palace yeah. do all right with Vieira. Um, yeah. yeah. There you go. So basically, any clubs that are not a threat to us, we're quite happy for them to do well. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the record, I, 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 Fulham. You just can't not like Fulham, can you? Lovely ground, lovely spot. Yeah. Everyone's posh. Beautiful pies. Very expensive. But um, the only other one I have a, a bit of a soft spot for, this is going to upset some people. Um, I've, I've always quite liked West Ham. I can't lie. I mean, the fact they hate Spurs as much as we do. Um, but my first ever Premier League game was was at the old Upton Park. Uh, John Hartson got the winner that day. Him and Paul Merson scored. Um but yeah, I don't know. That just I've just always quite liked West Ham. Uh, I've always had quite good mates who are West Ham fans, and you know, I know we've had our odds with them in the past, but generally they hate Spurs as much as we do. And yeah, I wouldn't want them to ever finish above us or anything stupid like that. But yeah, I, I have a little soft spot for them. Yeah, and um, exactly what Witty said in the chat there. Yeah, Any team playing yeah. Spurs it doesn't matter who they are. Yeah, <laughs> um, I always had a soft spot for Southampton growing up. Um, just because like, it amazed me that there was an English player, one called Letizia, I was like, that was weird, <laughs> and that he could play like a foreign player and not like an Englishman. Um, although his, his views on other things as an adult are slightly strange. But yeah. <laughs> slightly, slightly um, witty, yeah. yeah. But yeah, as a footballer, it was great to watch. So I always had a bit of soft spot, soft spot Southampton, but generally just sort of underdog teams. Um, so like this season, like Nottingham Forest coming up, obviously a very famous old club and got great history uh fulham as well always liked like chris said you can't not like them mm. bournemouth i did like for a little while but that was just kind of boring um yeah i, 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 I feel bad saying that because yeah, 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 like brentford, brentford, brentford i would like 
yeah, what they've done. Yeah, Brentford I'm mm. impressed with. And the other one is is a weird one, but Palace I've always always yeah. enjoyed. I just think that, yeah, like Proper Selhurst time. Park's great. Um, you know, Wrighty obviously was there and yeah, they're just kind of one of those teams that they know realistically they're never gonna quite do that much, but they um, you know, they just they keep going and their fans are always at it and yeah, it's always a really good atmosphere. So they're having a great second half at the moment. <laughs> yeah. score Fantastic again. kits this year as well, Palaces. They are yes, delicious. yes. I like those. Um, just read really, really quickly, because I know we are wrapping on. up, but I watched speaking of old clubs we used to like, mm. uh, I watched some League One action last night. I watched uh, Charlton beat Portsmouth 3-0 and it reminded me how much oh, I missed yes. Pompey in the chimes but it yeah. also reminds me of that Van Persie goal at Charlton all those oh, years ago yeah. um, I used to I were. used to go to Charlton sometimes my nan and granddad used to live um, literally where, where the uh, is the old stadium um, mm. oh the, so, uh, not the old uh, oh, yeah not the God. new valley the, what was it called yeah um, I know what you mean. I can't think of yeah, I can't remember the name of it. The old ground. Yeah, the, whatever the old ground was called now. It's so long ago. Um, but yeah, it was like sort of in a dip. And then mm. you'd go back up the hill and then back down the road to my nan and granddad's house. So you have to walk up this massive fucking hill for ages to get to this. Oh, it seemed like massive. It was probably like two minutes, but I was about this tall. So yeah, <laughs> it, it seemed like it took a long, long time. I had very short legs then. Um, right, we'll go back to... <laughs> they, they've got they've got a player by the way at Charlton um, who's ironically on loan from Palace mm. uh, really like the look of him he's called Jezuran Rakisaki that is okay. generally his name um, winger very much Bukayo Saka-esque he's raw I think he's tw- I think he's 20 he's in I that ball park 12. I thought he said 12 then yeah no, <laughs> he's not 12 no he, he's he was he he isn't going to get games because like Eze and Zaha and that are at Palace but I think Vieira said he can go on loan because he wasn't going to get mm. game time but he yeah. he looks really good direct proper old-fashioned winger I really like him so yeah, yeah just keep an eye Arsenal keep an eye Charlton mm. we've, we've snapped a few up in the past so keep an eye yeah I do wonder if we'll ever go back for Eze oh, yeah. mm. he's um, a lovely player He's a great player to watch. So, yeah, we'll go back to Stefan's question. We had some great answers in the chat from people. Um, what player in Arsenal history would you compare Xhaka to this season? Um, I'm going to answer first because I'm going to cheat. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't compare him to anyone because uh, I think he's I think it's very difficult to compare players to previous ones. And I think what he does, I'm not saying no one at Arsenal has ever done it before, I think it's something we haven't seen in our midfield for a long time. Um, in terms of maybe compar- comparing him to sort of like a comeback from a low point, um, or, you know, not being really a fan's favourite, I would say sort of the tail end of Coquelin would be like <laughs> the most recent in memory in terms of everyone sort of thought, oh, he's not really great, is he? I know like people didn't have the dislike for him like they did with Xhaka. <laughs> But in terms of sort of turning the opinion around on him, and he had that really good run of games, and everyone went, "Oh, is Cockerland the answer to our defensive midfield problem?" And obviously, that <laughs> that was not the answer to our defensive midfield problem. But he and did have that sort of yeah. We love the uh, oh, yeah, we all love a bit of cock. Yeah, we can't be a bit of cock. Yeah, he had that revival <laughs> moment. Um, a few of the answers from the from the chat we had. Uh, Mr. Waffles had Grimondi. Which I thought wasn't a bad shout. <laughs> the legend. Um, Arnie said Vieira, which I was like, that's a that's a strong that, one. That's a strong one. Yeah. Um, no, I said Abue, which I'm trying to think from Abue going 
because obviously he got booed off in that game by our own fans. Mm, Wigan, terrible. Yeah, yeah. peak Arsenal. Right. <laughs> um, he did play again afterwards. Um, yeah. So yeah, I can kind of see that one. Uh, Paul Nell said, "Oh no, sorry, not Paul Nell." Uh, Loki said, um, "Peter Nichols, uh, Nicholas, or John Jensen." Um, although to be fair, Xhaka is a bit of a goal machine these days, so the John Jensen comparison is a little bit harsh. <laughs> um, Jim E says Paul Davies, which mm. I thought wasn't a bad one, and uh, Dempsey said uh, Frank McClintock. So yeah, I got, I got, quite a few. I got two good, I got two good ones. One I think you might go, oh mm. yeah, and then the other one you might go, huh? Um, the first one is Ray Parler. Oh, you bastard. Right, see, yeah, <laughs> I, he was the first one that popped into my head. Um, in I was thinking, yeah, Parler, Parler never had like a dip in terms of favoritism with the fans, but I guess in terms of ability and sort of work rate mm. and stuff, not being he came flash, in as a, yeah, yeah, he came in as a right as a right midfielder who didn't really yeah. have a position, and Graham sort of yeah. had him as a squad member, but he didn't really know what he was doing, and and yeah. then he got moved inside, and that invin- and he was so important in that <clears throat> Invincibles team. Oh, you go yeah, back yeah. and. He was. He was. Oh right yeah, there. he's he's kind of is the jacker in that terms of yeah. Mr. Consistent, yeah. hardly yeah. ever injured. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Assists, yeah. rock hard as well. You're not going to fuck with him. So that that's my main answer. My my other answer is um is Mikel Arteta. If you yeah. if you look at what he did in in especially at Everton where yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. He, he was always loved, but he was never really, you know, like mm. this level. He yeah. was very similar at PSG, played a very similar role there. And at Rangers, he was a, mm. a cult hero. Um, yeah, I just think in terms of that's probably more of a footballing equivalent yeah. rather than a like, you know, come back from adversity type Shame of thing. that but, he never got to play the Everton role at Arsenal if he had played the yeah, further yeah. forward attacking <laughs> midfielder. I, I'd, I'd, would would they be calling it the Xhaka role like the McAlady role in 10 years? I wonder. <clears throat> Pro- probably not, but you never know. I mean, no. Stranger things well, happen. Well, like I said earlier, Xhaka, his pace has never changed, so he could do this for another eight years. You never know. And mm-hmm. it's funny, actually, the Arteta comparison because uh, in terms of like at Gladbach, where he was so young as a captain and everything else, and obviously, like moving from Gladbach to Arsenal was like a very big move, step up sort of thing. Um, mm. Yeah, he's still a very much a cult hero, and all the Gladbach Twitter accounts and stuff—they all still like when it's his birthday or he does something really well. It's you know, they always tweet and, something about him. And Arteta was always—he um, had, he had a bit about him in terms of spikiness, didn't he? Like he, you know, oh he yeah, big it. time. Oh, he was yeah, a bit of a shit house yeah. as well at times. Oh, he's, he's still fucking got it now. You can see <laughs> there's a couple of times where he's on the sideline, and I'm like. <laughs> Someone needs to go and chill Mikel out because yeah. he's going to fucking punch someone in a minute. This oh, he, up, <laughs> he upsets Richard Keyes a lot, doesn't he? Bless him. Oh, so. he, I mean, that's just. He lives rent free in his head, in his hairy head. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Well done. That was a great question, though, Steph. That was a good question. Yeah. yeah. One, of the, one, of the very, one of the very best questions. That, that yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think that's it for questions, Danny. Should we, should we wrap it up? Because we've probably gone on longer than we planned to, as well, usual. I've got to say a oh, quick thank you to <laughs> the. 1,600 people who followed us on Twitch at the last show. Thank fuck wow. we weren't looking at Twitch at the time. We've gone from 293 followers to nearly 2,000. Is that real? Whoever, really? Genuinely? Yeah, whoever. Oh, they're all fake. Someone's just bought them for us. <laughs> they're all bots. So imagine if we... So if anybody was... Because I don't take any notice of the Twitch. It just runs on its own. Witty's there and... Um, and who else is? Spry is there. So I don't know if you two saw it on the last live show... But I went back after the show and saw all these accounts that followed. So it must have been bing, someone's followed, bing, someone's followed. Oh, wow. 1,600 yeah, we, we follows. <laughs> we got <laughs> bolted. But we'll take hey, it. All, all we need to do, 
all we need to do now is get Twitch partnered and then yep. we get one of those emails where they say, if you play eight adverts per hour, oh. we'll give you this much money. Yeah. Yeah. I'd still tell oh, yeah. them to fuck off. No adverts. Yeah, definitely. It's yeah, killing. Definitely. When you turn on a Twitch channel for the first time oh. and you've got two minutes of adverts before you even know what you're watching, what are they doing? But if, but if you get Twitch Turbo, you don't have to worry about that. So, yeah. you know. Swings around about, oh, just be a mod like me, and you don't have to worry about ads. Flex. Yeah. Um, anyway. Oops. Done. Got, I got so excited, I pulled my mic out. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, in all seriousness, thank you to those who do join us on Twitch, because, you know, it's, it's still an early venture that we're in, and we just wanted to kind of be on as many platforms as we could, because not everybody likes Twitter, and not everybody likes Spotify, not everybody likes YouTube, etc., and so on. So, yeah, if you do join us on whatever platform um please do hit the the follow and the bell and the subscribe and the algorithms and all of these things that i don't really understand um that'd be great if you could do those things because it does help spread the love and as we say on every single show we will continue to say we are one of approximately 8.75 million arsenal podcasts that are available on a hourly not daily hourly basis yeah um and there's some very good ones out there and there's some I'm going to just be nice and say some not very good ones, okay? We like They're to like think we're bacteria. in... bacteria. They grow at an alarming rate. They do. It's like the pet. There tradition. are more Arsenal podcasts than ex-chancellors of the Exchequer. That's saying something. There you go. Um, but no, you know, if you have a podcast, then you go for gold. Um, we're, we're not here to compete with anyone. We are simply here to entertain those who join us. Um, and Generally ourselves. <laughs> ourselves. Just us, us three and a couple of mics. But... Uh, but no, we, we do have some people here every single week and we, we appreciate and we love you. There's always a couple of new we names do. that I see every week and I think, who the bloody hell are you? Um, it's always good to have them. And occasionally we get rival fans in, some who aren't dicks, which is lovely. But yeah, genuinely, if you, if you do like what we do, then um, you know, give us a thumbs up and all that. And comment. I go through the YouTube comments quite regularly. Uh, I'm sure you do as well, Danny, just to like a few of them and, and whatnot. Um, and if you're ever peddling anything or... You know, you've got your own website or merchandise, or you do something Arsenal related. Let us know, and we'll. Um, we don't we'll... want anything for sharing the love of your website. No. Whenever anyone we do your competitions, or they want to advertise with us, we'll say no. We'll do it for absolutely nothing because there's enough exactly. people wanting something for doing basically what we do here, which is fuck all. Exactly, and uh, fuck gaming. Um, first of all, fuck gaming. Whomever you are, if you are indeed a fuck player, my sympathies. It's a tough world out there. We've got to stick together. Fart is, is, is just a painful experience. Uh, nothing's happened to my head. I've just I've just shaved the sides. What is it, John? You said I've gone full Viking. Um, full said. Vikings, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm very there. jealous because I, I wish I could grow long hair. My hair only goes up and out. So I don't want to look... I, the, with the beard now, I look less... Michael Jackson and more Bob Ross. So I mean, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with Bob Ross. No, I do and, love and, Bob Ross. Yeah. And in fairness, mine is slowly creeping back ever further. Mm. So you know, I am David Seamaning yeah. it to the end, but it's all still there. It's it's still attached. I promise. Um, I just couldn't be asked. Uh, yeah, it needed to go up today. Anyway, um, that is it for this week. So thank you, as always, for any of you joining us live and indeed any of you that listen in delay. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. As John just said, without you, it'd literally be us three talking to each other. And frankly, we do enough of that in the WhatsApp group without doing it on YouTube. So there you go. But uh, we will look forward to PSV Danny preview show. 
It's going to be nine o'clock tomorrow night, Wednesday night, with me and Stan the Man in sunny Canada. And then the post-game show will be Thursday about eight o'clock with me and Deke, who did the Leeds post-game show. I've just organised those during this show. Fabulous. Good stuff. We'll look forward to that and of course we'll be uh doing similar i would imagine for southampton um you'll have to work out schedule for that one danny i'm sure it's close to the time but yep southampton away on sunday i presume it's a two o'clock is it a two o'clock kickoff again yep, so we're I doing guess. the preview show will be on the saturday night cool cool so we will do that as well um all that remains to be said obviously is uh let's hope man united and spurs not literally but figuratively kill each other because they're playing each other tomorrow <laughs> night um hopefully a massive hole opens up and they both get swallowed into it never to be seen again but uh, thank you very much for tuning in we appreciate you all let's hope for another win in europe and followed up by another defeat of southampton that would be bloody lovely as we go into yet another clustered week uh, ahead because it's just games 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 anyway thank you very much for joining us we appreciate you all john thank you for your time sir uh, pleasure as always Danny, you kind of have to be here, even though you don't, but it's the running gag. So thank you. Yeah, and uh, thank you very much for hosting, Chris. And if anybody sees Josh on the internet, don't bully him just because he's mighty Brighton, which he was at, drew nil-nil with Forrest. The only team not to saw against Forrest in about 200 years. So, And it was RIP. not... And it was not a good game based on what I saw to my left. Mm. (laughs) Right, everybody. uh, Thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate you very much. We love you very much. Keep it Arsenal and we'll speak to you very soon. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Get down, dog. Splendid business. You nearly caught the bloody thing. What are you talking about? (laughs) So I've just eaten a full quiche. Well, you don't often see them at him. So when you see them in the supermarket, they need to be swagged microwaved immediately and get the brown sauce on one bosh bob's your uncle never in doubt